Oi, you lot. Episode 55 of Garage Hammer is about to start. It seems the fat modeling isn't content with pressing all of his friends into service on his show. So now he's got foreign guest hosts. That's right. Greg Dan spends good gold to come to America on holiday. And the first thing old fatty does is sit him in front of a chair and stick a microphone in his gob. I can just imagine how that went. Oh, please, Greg, come on my shoe. I need more people on my shoe. I'm useless without the tall skinny kid. Ugh. I tell you what, though, I'm glad that because you decided to take the other chair on the show. Because now that he's a permanent fixture, I don't have to worry about being polite to him or scaring him off and he won't be going to be a guest host no more. Now I just got to figure out what I'm going to call him. Chris, you's a bit too respectful, especially since the other one's still the fat manling. Hey, anyone who's willing to agree to co-pilot this pile of squid crap is obviously a substandard intelligence and deserves whatever comes his way. Now shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 55 of Garage Hammer. Episode 55! We're still alive! The show is still alive! Well, I'm Chris Yu. As always, we need to thank our sponsors... Oh, what, I'm not even here? Oh, you're, you're Christian. And I'm I, Abraham Lincoln. What, hi, Gettysburg. <laughs> I'm Abraham Lincoln. Well, in addition to Mr. David Whitech, we also have our special guest. <laughs> That's right. You might want to turn your mic on. <laughs> that, that, my friends, is podcasting gold. <laughs> hi, I'm Greg Dan, and I thought this was Garage Hammer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I went there. You did we'll go there. I went there. Great, brilliant. It is Garage Hammer. Well, it does swing in roundabouts, as this <laughs> yeah, <day. absolutely. laughs> Bits and bobs. Right. Yeah, it swings in roundabouts. It does not swing both ways. Don't start that nonsense. <laughs> oh, so, goodness. should we take a minute to thank our sponsors? Please do. All righty, then. We have Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Game Preserve Stores located throughout Indiana. Ursa's Den Custom Painting and Sculpting. Lizard Man Jeff and the Circle City Circuit and Battle Foam protecting your army. You can find links and information for all of our sponsors both in the show notes and also on our website, garageheimer.net. All right. Excellent, excellent. So, Greg, welcome to well, not only to the crypt, but to America. It's good. So, uh, Greg's here, folks. He's going to Gen Con. Oh, by the time you hear this, he'll be back in. Merry old England, but he's here hanging out with us for a few days before we all head off to Gen Con. Very excited about Gen Con. Gen Con. Awesome. <laughs> telling me. <laughs> I'm just happy to be going You're at giddy. this point. I am. I'm excited to be going because Gen Con's about a week later than normal this year. It's like in the third week end of August. Usually it's a little earlier. And our school week moved up a week. So school oh. actually starts Monday after Gen Con. So the stars have a line for you, huh? The teachers have to come back Thursday and Friday. Well, one of us is <coughs> <coughs> not making it to work on Friday. Yeah, you don't look well. I don't feel a little, well either. Uh, Gen Conitis there. I, I, I think I'm going to be sick a week from Friday. Which is uh, <laughs> it's no, gonna, this Friday. I think I'm going to be a little <coughs> not feeling It's going to well. be hard when your kids listen to this. That's okay. And, uh, and follow up with that a week later. My students don't <laughs> listen to the show. They know there's a show. They've heard bits of it. But they don't get past the first few minutes. They hear they hear the master engineer, and they just pretty much tune out. Yeah, they at that tune point. out there. Okay. Yeah, there's something. I don't know. It's weird. It's something they're telling me. I, I sound funny or something like that's. I don't know what you're talking about, but that's. You they know. do realize that's another fully employed person on the show, right? Uh, we not, have a cast you. of thousands. They don't get it, and uh, well, a cast of nine hundreds because the uh, old announcer retired. 
Which is why the master engineer stepped back in. Maybe they just they, they can't get through the uh, Scottish accent. They can't understand the dwarfish, the Scottish accent. It's that's uh, okay. <laughs> we got listeners in Scotland. Direct your hate mail to Chris <laughs> U at GarageHammer.net. See, you're suggesting that the Scottish would automatically hate. You're uh, making that. That's that's right, what is wrong with you? I'm saying that if you tell people that's their accent and it's totally not. Oh come on, you're <laughs> you're you're gonna. Nice. <laughs> I was I was just informed that uh, many people mistook me for an ugly American when I jokingly told Ben Curry, "Isn't everything near London?" <laughs> but okay, let let me explain that real quick because you mentioned it. You live forty miles, about forty miles from yeah, London. Roughly, yeah, which, yeah. if someone said, "Are you near London?" you would say, "No." Oh, absolutely. I live in the Chicago land area. We live forty miles outside of Chicago, <laughs> and we all say we are from Chicago because, I mean. You know, I, can dri- I can city. drive four and a half hours south to get to Carbondale to Southern Illinois University and not leave the state. I mean, it's just... It's all relative, right? Yeah, th- yeah I mean, I could drive four and a half hours and, and just get around the M25. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know... But we look at... I mean, we just look at the size of England and we look at the map and you see London dead center and you're like, nothing, nothing's more than a hundred... Is London dead center? It's a little south, right? It's a little south of center, right. but... I'm not trying to be the ugly American, is my point. I'm saying... <laughs> the, the clue would be the Midlands is around the centre. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Just to clear the air. I, well, yeah, you know. I don't have Christopher or Cranky on. Someone's got to start ripping on me. And Chris, who's Asian, they're too polite to start ripping wait, on wait, me. Wait, wait, what? But I don't know. I'm no, just talking uh, here. We're, we're <laughs> going all over <laughs> the Racial place profiling today. everywhere. <laughs> Oh, oh my! It's only racial profiling if you get it wrong. I didn't know it was Asian until you said so. <laughs> yeah, David, I was come on, like, you blow up my cover here. <laughs> cover. Okay, I've ruined two things tonight. First, I told you that Horace turns bad, and you got really Which angry I with didn't me. Know. And now I told Greg you're Asian. Man, <sighs> I've seen behind the curtain. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. <sighs> you know, I, you know, Darth Vader was Luke's father. Sorry, there you go. Oh, Spoiler what? alert: Roseblood, Rosebud's a sled. I'm Car- sorry. <laughs> Oh. Well, tell me at least that Luke hooks up with Leia. <laughs> uh, you have to watch Robot Chicken for that. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay, listen, we got a shout out, um, and we've got we got a couple of people we want to mention today. We're going to do it after a couple of different commercial breaks. But Relian Brad Schwant heard the last shout out from uh, Swiss dictator Robert Elmer, and see, this is why I love. Put down challenge shout outs because you there's always another shout out to follow in oh, response. Yeah. So um Chris, you want to take this one? Yeah, here it goes. Swiss dictator. I accept your challenge. Nurgle's pack shall crumble under the weight of clan wretch and our skittering hordes. The one true chaos god, the might, the great and mighty horned rat, shall smite your tin can warriors with plague and ruin. In the, in the end, there is no escape from the Horned One's greatness, and you will bow before Grace Aurelian as your god fails to answer your pleas for mercy. Do you have to pay extra for the audio drama? No, the, no. The a- added in. That, that is added in. Yeah. That's just, that's just <laughs> natural talent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was actually Brad specifically asked for you since I read the one, you read the other. So this so is that way apply. If, that way if people actually want to go and just splice those bits together to get the two voices. I, I'm not certain who's doing that with our show. By the way, we own the rights copyright Garage Hammer 2012. <laughs> there you go. No, You cannot use it for commercial gain, although I don't know who would be. 
So it's official. Those two are thrown down at Screw City GT? It uh, looks like it's Screw right. City GT. I, and I'll tell you what, we're really glad that everyone started calling it Screw City GT because on Twitter when SCGT came out, yes. it confused the that heck is confusing. Out of I a thought lot they were talking. I'm like, you guys are going to South Coast? Yeah. And then it was like, now they got to call it either Screw City or just SC because. Strange coincidence there. That's a real. That's a real hard thing to go up against. Well, yeah. let's, okay, but let's <laughs> be honest. <laughs> yeah. How 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 hard is it for two tournament names? Like, okay, GT is always going to be the last two <laughs> letters. You know, it's not that hard see, to get the huh? two first being the same. Screw City, South Coast. It can. But it's quite funny. I mean, I I'm looking at putting on a doubles tournament, and I was looking for a name, and um, I was coming up with various things and was looking at like it's down by the beach at Hastings uh, like blood on the sand blood on the beach and I suddenly realised actually this is getting close to pits <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking well you know do I want to do that do I want to do that and it's something you think about it goes yeah. through your head yeah. and, and and don't think I forgot I, it was blood in the sun was the first one and blood in the sun to summer voodoo right it's putting in the sun that's 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 got to be blood in the sun three why well, we well, Blood in the Sun 3 actually already has a name. Oh, I, oh do we get a reveal here? It, it is going to be Blood in the Sun 3, Enchantment Under the Sea. Oh, and wow. The logo will be a mermaid Aerial. with a skull yeah. for a face. Are you going to have a Skulls, cra- bro. Skulls, awesome. bro. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> You're going to have a crab singing as well. Enchant- we might, yeah. Enchantment Under the Sea. You've got to have the DeLorean. You could have a DeLorean, oh. yeah, yeah. Enchantment Under the Sea. You could have a, a yeah. demonette crab. Oh. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 Marty, it's your kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Back to the Future. You said Enchantment Under the Sea. I thought of the dance. That's just me. <laughs> That's very interesting music. It just, it's, I love <laughs> Your kids are going to love it. <laughs> so uh, that is um, where we're going with that. Uh, all so, right, all right. On three. Okay, uh, let's see. Um I guess before we move on, let's take a quick commercial break because we've babbled on pointlessly for a few minutes. So we're in the first commercial break. Uh, and when we get back, um, some other stuff. Is your name a killing word? Is your mother a hamster and your father smells of elderberries? Did it turn out that those were the droids you were looking for? If you know what I'm talking about, chances are you're a gamer. What better place to get your game on than the Game Preserve? The Game Preserve specializes in analog games of all types, like board games, family games, chess sets and jigsaw puzzles, and especially hobby games. They carry the complete GW line as well as Magic the Gathering, D&D, and Heroclix. They have gaming space for tournaments, game nights, and demo games just about any night of the week. So stop shopping at the Jerk Store and be one of the gaming elite, and visit the Game Preserve with four Indiana locations to choose from. Two in Indianapolis, one in Bloomington, and one in the gaming capital of the universe, Lafayette, Indiana. Visit them at GamePreserveStores.com or call 765-448-4200. Game Preserve. If you're not shopping here, the only way to move is not to play. And we are back. Okay, folks, um... Before we move into the uh, news and rumors, uh, somebody uh, sent, I got this email, uh, and it was from Craig McKines, I believe that's how you pronounce the last name. Uh, Craig sent us and asked us to uh, talk about something he was working on, and I looked it up and I I agreed. Um, I'm just going to read you what he sent to me. Uh, Hi, David. My name's Craig. 
I'm a longtime listener, lurker of Garage Hammer, and I've been writing an Android app in my spare time. It's free and it's ad free. And I like I like it's not only is it free, but there's no ads. And I only have an iPhone. And he's like, I know you're an iPhone user, but basically he's got this. I will put the link in the show notes to his his app information. It's like a Math Hammer calculator. Yeah, right? basically it's a Math Hammer app. Uh, it says, uh, here's his little blurb. Do you play Warhammer Fantasy Battles? Do you know all the units and how they'll perform in combat against each other by heart? Me neither. How many times have you faced off a unit of ogre iron guts and had no idea how well your warriors will perform against them? Are you throwing away a unit, or will they easily win their combat? This app will give you a good idea of how they'll fare. Um, it's easy, fast to use. The, uh, the post, uh, when you go to it, has a bunch of screenshots. You pick two units, their sizes, and all their options. And then you run it, and I, uh, the app seems to, from the images I saw, you either pick the units, what's the size of the unit, what's the formation, you know, regular or horde, well, you sure, know, how, so many how many wide. attacks it will get. What are they kitted out with? Do they, do, they, do they have a champion? Do they have all these other things? And then I clicked on the end screen and said uh, they had done two units against each other. This unit won 10 out of 10 times. So it doesn't just run it once. It runs oh, it a bunch it gives of times. Oh, the, uh, the average. Then. Yeah, and then huh. it says on the first round they will average this many kills. Or this many wounds. And I was like, okay, that, and it looked like a cool app. Now, normally I wouldn't just promote something I don't have, you know, um, but I did look it up. He's got a, uh, out of a five-star rating, his average rating is above a four. Nice. So I looked at it, and it looked like a cool app. I mean, it's not for iPhone, so I couldn't download it, but. How, how quickly to enter two units that are about to face off? <laughs> so if you're at a tournament this and you was, need to figure yeah. it out. Oh, I don't know. I mean, on the app it showed, it said, it, like, the top half of the screen had a list of the units. And he's only got nine of the 16 done so far. Sure, but it's free. Progress, sure. But then it said pick a unit as a top and then a bottom. And then when you finish that, it clicked size and unit size. Okay. It didn't look like it would take forever. I suppose if you're in the middle of a game at a tournament and pulled that out and started doing your math hammer... <laughs> You know, your opponent might start throwing his dice at you. Well, I don't know. I, th- I think as soon as I see someone doing that, I reckon the dice gods are going to bite him in the rear. Well, that, uh, and he'll go, I win this eight out of, nine to- eight out of ten times. Uh, I'll be like, yeah, well, you're if, bound if, to fail. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> if you need the app right now, I've probably got you. Yeah. But it's like a fun thing, especially if you're sitting around building a list. There used to be, well, there, there is a Math Hammer app for the iPhone. Okay. Which is uh, purely a calculator. You you put in the attacks and things like that. It doesn't have, or seem to have, from what you're describing, any the detail, the, the units or the weapon units, options. Weapon options. You, you have to work some of it out yourself. It does include various things in it. And I must admit to have used it in Theory Hammer, sitting there thinking, I want this unit. Will it do the job I want it to do? Oh, I think we, we all do that, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it does that for you, which is brilliant. And my mate with Wood Elves, particularly shooting, was, was oh, doing yeah. it. But this, that seems to do it without you having to have all that knowledge right. pre-built into your brain. I mean, dude, so, I sat down one day at lunch. I was sitting there eating a sandwich. And I must have spent almost an hour going through skeletons versus ghouls. And against what weapon skill and what strength and seeing at what point they balance out or what point it doesn't matter... I mean, I just sat there and do it on paper forever to get all those things. Oh, yeah. And it, it was nice because it just it listed the, the different armies. You click on which army and there's which, which unit in the army. Click. what you know What's the formation and number? Click. It seemed pretty quick. Yeah, that, that seems very, very And smooth. then it runs through. Now, uh, a couple of disclaimers here. Uh, it, why did it, he, and this is still part of his email. Why did I write it? I don't play very often and found I never had a good idea of enemy units. I wrote the app to help. 
So if you're someone who only has one army, or if you think me and Christopher, for a year it was dwarves versus elves every time we played. If you brought something else to the table, we were screwed. <laughs> um, so it was nice to, if you don't play as often and you want to know how you might do, uh, why should you care? It's something interesting that hasn't been done before. There are Math Hammer apps out there, but some of them are clunkier and slower. Um, and it just, he felt that his was lit- really listed everything for you. Mm. So you didn't need to go look up stats and pl- plug them in. Uh, why does he care? Now, this is, this is where he goes, I got to come clean. He's doing a part time master's course in software. He needs a thousand active users and a greater than four star rating before the end of August to get full marks for the Android module. Now, obviously, as you're listening to this, he's only got a few days left. And I'm hoping that uh, people will listen to this. Guys, if you've got an Android, it's free, and there's no ads. Just download the thing and give it a shot. And if you like it, like I said, he admits he's only got nine of the armies in there so far. So if your army's not in there, I mean, I saw like only two one-star ratings. I saw two one-star ratings, and they were both from people who said, I play lizard men, and there's no lizard men in this list. This app is useless to me. And I was like... Fair enough, but I mean it's it's a growing thing. Basically, he's a listener, he's a supporter of the show. He needs about three hundred more people to download this free app onto their Android for his class. Give it a shot. You know, if this app takes off, you could theoretically play a game of Warhammer without any dice at all. Sounds so fun. <laughs> Why would you <laughs> I'm just what? saying you could. What would uh, I do with all my dice? I mean you could pile them up and make little pyramids. I don't know. Don't I just think to Will Wheaton? I'm just saying you could I mean you you talk about it's being free how many apps do you have on your phone that you never use I've got a ton Um, I think I have three different dice shaker apps (laughs) like just hit this button how many dice you're going to roll absolutely yeah if I didn't have an iPhone if I had an Android I'd have got it yeah Um, even if I didn't have the armies I mean who's to say you won't yeah, and the yeah. thing is, I was actually kind of sad that it's not for iPhone because I would have liked to have given it a try. Because, I mean, I sit around playing with my iPhone all the time, you know, and I, I literally meant iPhone. Don't give me that look. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got all these apps here, and uh, you know, just give it a shot, guys. Help out a listener of the show and a supporter of the show. I would really, really appreciate it. Cool. So, and and he he's being honest. Hey, I'm doing this for a grade for school. I need a thousand people to try it. So. And even if it's after August, try it. Well, it could be in the future. It could be a war game of getting into making apps for a company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, look <laughs> down the line. <laughs> yeah, and he does work. I know there was more. There was more in the letter, just kind of talking that not about this, but he does work. Uh, you know, his his regular job is doing some software development for different games. He's getting into app development, but he does work at a soft a, a software company. So, you know. Anything that's going to help get more of our stuff on the online type stuff is, is kind of a cool idea. So, uh, I, like I said, if, folks, if you give it a shot, I'd appreciate it. Uh, so, moving on. Uh, hey, guess what, Chris? What's up, David? We have voicemail. What? We do. Uh, one. <laughs> wow, that was very flamboyant. That was the lamest. <laughs> Come on. I, you know, how many commercials do you hear start that way? I just thought it might be funny. Well, tell me more about voicemail. Oh, and I shall. It's, uh... <laughs> what have I ended? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's, guys. You're, you're, you're peeking behind the curtain, and oh, it's a terrifying thing. It's not a curtain. I want to look behind. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, it's not a meat curtain, so there you go. One seven five seven GH show six. That number again is one seven five seven GH show six. Call now one seven five seven GH show six. Um, yeah, that's our voice. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Have we received any voicemail lately? Um, well, we have the one that we put on the last episode. I want to put it on again right here. It's Jerry from the Cobra Kai talking about his tournament. So, Cobra Kai, huh? Mercy is for the week. Mercy is for the week. So I just, I'm just i going to put this in right here, and then we'll be right back. Hey, this is Jerry from the Cobra Kai Club here in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're uh, calling today for a tournament update regarding Southern Assault 2, which will be happening October 6th and 7th in Cornelius, North Carolina, which is about 10 miles north of Charlotte. We had a pretty successful first year, and we're looking to develop uh, the Southeast states with uh, great tournaments and that are fun and enjoyable. Um, Southern Assault will be five rounds using a 20-nil system, and we'll be using the Swedish system of comp where uh, no models are banned, but you can score your own comp. It's a throwback to the uh, old GTs, um, where we'll also include a knowledge quiz uh, as a part of the uh, scoring. Um, painting, battle, knowledge, sports, they're all going to play a part in overall. Um, so come on, join the fun. It'll be a good time. The rules pack and forum can be found at warnc.com. Uh, the prizes last year for overall general hobbyist painting, sports, and team all uh, exceeded over $100 in gift cards for GW product along with the trophies. And as a bonus, anybody from uh, surrounding states or even outside the region who wants to show up to Southern Assault, we have no problem uh, granting uh, discounted admission from uh, players interested in seeing what the uh, Southern United States is about and our tournament scene's about to kind of grow our hobby down here. So uh, if you're interested, War NC, sign up uh, on the forum and just start a, uh, a topic saying you're interested in showing up, either myself or Dan Rothrock, uh, our other tournament organizer, will contact you, and we'll see if we can work out a deal, see if you can enjoy the fun. All right, thanks again, Dave. Enjoy the new format, and uh, keep it going strong, bro. Thanks. Bye. Let's get back to this. Now, Jerry sent us this, and he asked us to talk about it a little bit, and I'm just going to shoot you guys some of the basics, and if there's anything you find interesting, bring it up. But uh, October 6th and 7th is their uh, their tournament. It's the Southern Assault Warhammer Fantasies GT. That's the SAGT. So that's not to be confused with all the other SCGTs. How many people on the uh, in the SAGT? Uh, it's thirty five dollars to get in. It's a excuse me twenty five hundred point tournament. Oh, maximum of fifty. So fifty okay. people. It's at uh, Parker Banner Kent and Wayne in uh, Cornelius, North Carolina, which is near Charlotte. Uh, basic rules restrictions. There are no army selection restrictions. Special characters? Yeah, special characters are allowed. Okay. All potential imbalances are hopefully addressed through their army comp system. Now, they do have a comp system. We'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> let's not get now, well, Let's talk about comp. Now, uh, what a- <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Maximum of 12 power dice or dispel dice from any source can be used in a phase. Character models affected by dwellers, gateway, 13th, take 1d3 wounds with no modifiers or saves allowed. So it's not one wound. It's you know like a lot of people have the uh, when you're affected by it you take a wound instead right. of being taken off the table. They've gone with D three, so it's possible it still kills you outright. That's no lookout, sir. That's just straight to D three. Straight D three. Yep. That's interesting. That's so different. like against the dwellers instead of uh, instead killing of you outright, you could take D three wounds. Is you'd that rather idea? have a slan and a slaughter master than a any other <laughs> lord, an elf wouldn't you? Or something. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Right. 
but uh, basically, what, you know, instead of just saying they take one wound, they went with a D3. It's a little closer to the regular rules, I think. But then how do you do that with, like, the 13th spell if you have a character in there? Okay, and no one ever answers that question. <laughs> I ask you it every it time. But because it's true. I've got 12 guys in this unit. Well, I got the 13th off, and I rolled a 15. They all turn into so rats. So whole entourage turns into rats, and they just shove him out of the unit. He, he jumps right. out of the unit because he's a, he's a hero. He, he's that, right. that heroic leap. Interesting. Now you're starting to sound like a proper GW player. That's the way it should be. <laughs> proper GW player. Just think player. about how it would work. He sees it coming. He you know ducks and rolls. Exactly. It's all good. They're going to have awards for best overall, which is battle plus painting plus sports plus comp plus knowledge. Knowledge. Beca- they have a uh, they have a quiz. Cool. There's a quiz you can get an award. So best overall, best general is battle points. Best hobbyist is painting plus composition plus the knowledge. Best painted is best painted. Best sportsmanship is total sports. And best club is top three best overall scores from the club. But they do have a quiz that they pass around that you take. And so your score on your Warhammer knowledge, and I believe it's both rules and lore. Uh So it's it's a comprehensive Warhammer knowledge that goes in on a quiz. That's cool. Yeah. These are the guys who, they're, they're very close to the guys who do Brawler Bash. Oh, okay. Brawler Bash yeah, had yeah, the yeah. cards and things you yeah. could use, so they always try to throw something interesting in. It is a twenty nil system. You need to win by two thousand and one to get a twenty nil. That's quite a lot. Yeah. Is, uh, quite a how lot. much was it in? I think it was two thousand in uh, at bits, wasn't it? Uh, to get a twenty nil, roughly. Yeah. yeah. Roughly. All right. I don't, cool. now, for you, on a, what's your average tournament uh, size, Greg? And what do you need for a twenty nil? Twenty four hundred is kind of the popular, most popular one, right? Um, Trying to think now, you put me on the spot. I think it's about fifteen hundred. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I thought too. Um, Yeah, on ours, we make it harder to get a twenty nil, and that's most systems around here. It seems like the tournaments that have done twenty nil that I've seen. Oh yeah, you need two K to get twenty nil. I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing. It's it's. it's, I say, I mean, you've heard on other podcasts. Unfortunately, the the English scene has can stagnate around um, one Mister Helam's comp. (laughs) <laughs> um, which is no dig on him, but um, that was, you he, know it needs to didn't be. Didn't he used to have be, a podcast? Uh, he's a nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't he's, say he's, that. He's nobody. Send your hate mail to to Child he's of Bang has, on the forums. <laughs> he's a has been. He's, <laughs> he's only going to some small tournament in Central Europe next week. Just, you know that that's that the, e, the, that the, the CT yeah. e thing. I don't know, seventh edition Warhammer. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. That's right. ETC <laughs> seventh plus. Seventh, yeah, seven point five. Some tournament that us Americans don't care about. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've read that thread. That was that moving got, on. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about a thread that got hijacked and angry really quick. Man. It is. It is entertaining reading for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it At was. the very least. Especially when you don't care about yeah. it. It's, it's, it's even better. <laughs> you know, I, whatever. I, I, you know what I like best about ETC is watching the tweets and seeing who's winning. It's fun Absolutely. to see who's winning in that. All we need is we need that just that step, that level more, that like televised or something. So you've real got an, really got an investiture yeah. as a watcher. <laughs> Make live video feeds of the, the ETC. ETC. Well, yeah, you never know. Could be thrilling. Keep those top <laughs> tables honest. Yeah, there you go. Ooh, you cheating Europeans. Send your hate mail hey, to hey, David hey. at Garage Hammer. We're on, we're on an island. 
You just put down an entire continent. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Multi-nation. I am the ugly American. I screw things up. Uh, That's hey, what I do. I wasn't disagreeing. I was <laughs> just separating England. England. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh and, so it's, uh, it's the cheating continent and not the island. Yeah, we're not okay. on the continent. Uh, here, let me run through the last things. Uh, scenarios: uh, basic battle line um, with extra victory points. If you, he's doing victory points extra for objectives. So instead of getting a twenty nil system plus extra points for objectives, okay, he's doing extra victory points to your score. Which with your two thousand point VP different system, so kind of makes unlike. Yeah, unlike Victor, it was a 20 nil plus five objective points. Right. He's just getting extra victory points. So, like. So, the, the idea is the more you win by, the more points then you earn? Yes. Is that the idea? Well, let's say you won by 1,200 and you got both of these two objectives. They're each worth 250. So, you won oh, by 500. So it, it increases that yeah. 20 nil I mean, differential. If, if, you, okay. if you take them off the table, then I guess the objectives don't mean as much, which might be one thing to. Sure. Make the objectives less important to people, maybe. And I'm not criticizing. I just, I'm just my no, that's, first that's impressions. What happens, yeah. You know, it, you know. I know at uh, at um, Invasion Kenosha, the the like about forty percent were the objective points for, yep. that you could earn. You, you needed to have them. You couldn't just wipe the opponent off the table and ignore right. them. This one, it seems like you might be able to. Like the first game, I'm just going to go through one of these. Is the battle line okay? Straight battle line scenario one. Special rules, none. 250 victory points if you achieve either of the following, not 250 each. You reduce an enemy unit below half the starting model count with shooting attacks, including breath weapons but not spells. Wow, so specific. Or if no enemy models are in your deployment zone at the end of the game. So if you do one of those two things, you get 250 points. Huh. Another, The second objective is the same thing for either, but not, not you don't get points for both. Your smallest point cost unit not characters or single models, is alive and on the board at the end of the game. Or if you control at least one table corner, you're the only unit in the quarter at the end of the game. Must be a non-fleeing unit with a standard to control or contest and must be fully within the table quarter. So That could be tough to do. Yeah. I mean, but they threw in some objectives. It's just weird. For flavor. And that's the thing. Yeah. I was reading them, and they're kind of different. You know, very, it's not like what different. you stand. No. So I just looked at them today. I'm telling them to you for the first time. But I know Greg and I were speaking earlier about sometimes going to these tournaments where you want to throw in something that nobody else is doing. Because if you're going to throw in an objective, you know, it's instead of doing the standard the standard objectives, you know, hold the center, get into his deployment zone, throwing something different out there just at least makes people look at the board differently. It's well, both, I know? think it will also encourage uh, different army builds, too. Absolutely. No, that's uh-huh. the key. Yeah. That's the real key. The second one is Blood and Glory. It play the full six turns no matter what. First player to break the opponent gets 800 victory points. Second player to break their opponent gets 300 points. So basically, you know, the blood and glory, if you get down to the breaking point, the game doesn't end. You don't actually break, but if you get them down to the breaking point, you get 800. If you both if, get your if opponent you get to the, the other b- person to break. If, if you the second person breaks the other one, they get 300. They get 300. Okay. So I mean, just stuff like okay. I mean, So it encourages you to keep on yeah, playing. It gives the incentive. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Uh, they are all scenarios out of the book with different different objectives. That sounds interesting. Sounds like they have a pretty good system going there. If anything, and they it, do it'd have be sp- a lot of fun to create your army based on the scenarios that they have outlined there. Yeah. Oh, the I like the objectives. I like the You're objectives. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the bonus objective points for this mission. Plus 500 victory points if you never use more than four dice total to cast or dispel a spell, including items like Sack, Dagger, Rumination, Warpstone tokens, and anything. 
So if you never throw more than four dice at a spell or a dispel, you get 500 bonus points at the end of the game. Wow. <laughs> I could just see. Yeah, you're trying to get your opponent to lose that 500 points. And you're come trying on, to cast these spells. <laughs> six to dice get him. Come on, six dice. Or even, you on, know you want even, on, even on defense. Oh, yeah. This is dispel as well. You're like, I've cast this spell, but do you want to give up 500 VPs <laughs> to stop my mind raiser? <laughs> right. You know, I talk about tough choices. That's kind of And you know what? These are the, like I said, these guys are also connected with the guys who do Brawler Bash, who have all sorts of fun. Interesting rules. I do. It, it's almost like uh, comp, but they're not enforcing anything. They're just kind of gently encouraging you. Absolutely, to and with, play a certain way with the quiz as well. You've got a feel of a tournament, right? Mm. Yeah, they've set the tone of their tournament with their comp. Exactly. You know, now they do have a comp pack um, that they're running before the game. Now uh, I keep forgetting. It's not WPS, but who? Which country put it out? Um, I believe country? it's Swedish Comp. Swedish Comp. Now, this the Swedish. It's a Swedish Comp pack that is similar to the old WPS style. Now, Chris, did I give you the uh, the rule sheet? You want to just? I did. Yeah. You want to run down the because that just that one page is how the comp works. You want to explain this because I found this one fascinating, but I was one who thought WPS was neat. I know a lot of people hated it. Okay. So, but of all the compacts I like, and I'll explain why when you're done explaining the rules. Okay, so here's a quick rundown. All armies start at a composi- composition score of 400. For each unit in your army, the corresponding entry in this document specifies the comp score for that unit. Deduct, or in some rare cases, or add in some cases, this value to your overall comp score. So, uh, uh, can I just recap to make sure I got it straight? You start off with 400 points, and every single, all 16 armies have a list here. And whatever you pick... Your units, it, it'll list every single unit in your army and the different sizes that you can, you know, if you get it this big, this big, this big, and you deduct points off that 400. Yeah, some units are like, if you take 20, it's a minus 2. If you get up to 30, it's minus 7. If you get up to 40, it's minus 10. And then it says every model after 40 is another uh, minus 1. So but then there's also, uh, they'll list certain characters, and it'll be like, if you take a lord, it's a minus three, but if you give him the sack dagger, that's an additional minus two. It's actually, when you look at the list, it's... it's it becomes more clear. It's, it's very clear. Okay. It's, and obviously, the weaker units are going to deduct less points than the stronger units. Sure. So, you total up all the deductions from all your units that you took mm-hmm. and characters... And then you take the formula is 400. 400 minus your total deductions. Total deductions. Divided by 10. 10. Which equals your final composition score. Which so is something between 0 and 30. Yeah. It's almost impossible to take a 2,000-point list and not take 100 points in deductions because everything you take takes some deduction. The nice thing about this is if you're going to do comp, there's a couple of things I like about it. First of all, it's right there. You know your comp score before you go in. It's not going to be judge scored or player scored. You make a list, and this is what your comp's going to be based on that formula. The nice thing about this is it doesn't say you can't have this, you can't have that. It says if you're willing to go in with a low comp score for your army, you take whatever you want. Yeah. If you are worried about your comp score and maybe you want to go and take a slight, you want to lighten it up a little bit and get a few more points for your comp score, you can change up your list. But there's nothing, there are no actual restrictions to what you can take in this comp. It would be interesting to see what sort of lists show up uh, after having gone through this uh, comp calculation. Uh-huh. But I, I can say, having played WPS, particularly at that one Adepticon a couple years back, this extra layer of math is not something <laughs> that I miss. It's the, well, 
I mean, this has been this was posted on TWF uh, a couple of months ago, I believe, um, and a few English tournaments have said they're going to take it up. Really, and they're going to institute it. Uh, well, yeah, try it out at the very least. And I know a few people who've tried to make lists under it, and there was at least one story where a guy made a list and got three friends to check it, and they all came up with a different score. Oh, wow. Um, which I don't know, not having sat down and looked through it myself, I don't know whether that's an issue with their maths <laughs> or, or with the system being slightly complicated or, I, or what. I looked through the list and I know there was a couple of things I had questions on and there, it, it, it seems pretty well explained. Hmm. But it is subjective. It is Let's totally be honest, subjective. right? Yeah. Yes. But it might be interesting just to take like one of your average 2,000 or 2,400 point lists and just run it through there and see what kind of comp you would get. Yeah, the... Uh, my WPS for my high elf, high elf army for it, that one year at Adepticon, uh-huh. you know, I, I calculated my score. I forget what it was. But the, the one that Adepticon, when they scored it, ended up being much softer than what I had calculated. Oh. I, but I didn't argue. I'm like, oh, <laughs> all right. I'll, okay. I'll take you're it. You're never going to argue no, with that. No. No. <laughs> Absolutely. I think if you're going to have a comp, it's, it's nice to have a comp where before I go and walk into that place... I know what it's going to be. I, I like the way that that works personally. I, I'd be open to it, but it is some of these things are interesting. Like each shadow warrior after ten in the army deduct one. They yeah. are they are filth. <laughs> filth. They are weapon They're, skill five uh, with a bow. Toughness three <laughs> with uh, five up armor, six and, up and, armor, and they've got hatred well, but, to go uh, with their how many ASM. points? Yeah. How many points are taken <laughs> off for a unit? Like the first listing there for the shadow warriors. It just says for each model after 10 oh so one. for the first oh, so 10 of, of yeah, so, first there, so there's no deductions and you're still not going to take any right that's my <laughs> point when's the last time you ever saw shadow warriors on a table but that's why if you're going to take a let unit let alone a 10 you know unit of 10 <laughs> unit of 10 <laughs> so ridiculous an alithanar army right yeah <laughs> it's uh it's still not going to be much fun when your alithanar shadow warrior army comes up against three units of Mornfang and a gut star. <laughs> right, uh, right. And the comp scores, you know, is a small c- consolation to I rolled some dice and took my models off. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that, but you know, if you which, know... Which is part of the way the UK system works, is to stop those kind of... Well, to try and stop those kind of... Those mismatches? Mismatches. Uh-huh. You know, a little bit. It's going to suffer the same problem that every comp does. Why has this got minus 10 on it? Sure. You know, sure. Why, is, why has this not got minus 5? And again, yeah, that's the subjectivity that is always mm-hmm. going to be associated with these things. Or um, the other, the flip side to that is, well, wow, I never thought of taking 10 Shadow Warriors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 it can open up some possibilities. Well, no, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, you know what, uh, you know what uh, they would say if you were taking the GW line? I don't care. It's not a tournament game. Too right. <laughs> it's uh, played a GW. It, it's hey, a, it's we a, just released some new uh, fine car Shadow Warriors. So, <laughs> you know. Did. So there you go. go. It's there. Conspiracy <laughs> or oh, yeah. coincidence? <laughs> but it's certainly the one thing it does do where... I think that's the name of this episode. Don't comp the Shadow Warriors. That's too right. <laughs> um, the, the one problem with comp... Um, with a hard comp is yes you you do whatever you want to do with hard comp unfortunately that bloke who wants to bring the really fluffy themed army which completely breaks the comp but for none of the reasons that you put comp in place can't take them <laughs> so your shadow warrior army can't turn up you know your whatever however you want to do it which is subpar beyond belief 
yeah. is not allowed to turn up because you're not allowed three special. You're not allowed double rare, even if that rare is terrible. You know, different comps have different systems, but you you can be hit on those basic things. And the guy who wants to be at the bottom of the table with his rubbish list can't actually bring his rubbish list, and that that is one well, complaint that that, oh, I see. that this comp would allow. Oh, that's right. Because if your comp says no double rares, and I want to take two jabber slides. Yeah, Jabber Slice, yeah. I want to I want to max out on bolt throwers in my list. I want to take bolt throwers and shadow warriors and archers and that's it. Oh, I'm sorry, no double rares. So you get two bolt throwers cuz two counts as one, right? And and is that in your list or is that the dark I don't think list? it's a two for okay. one. I think yeah. there's dark. Okay. So you then, can get two high uh, no, that's yeah cuz the highest ones you allow four rare, isn't yeah. it? So that's why you're so, allowed the four. Right. So yeah. but okay, Filth. yeah, you can <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> Lore shadow in there, and you're set oh, to go. Yeah, don't. But so, <laughs> this list does eliminate that because instead of just saying you can't take more than this or more than that, personally, we all know I'm not a fan of comp, and I know you're not either, Chris. But I said if I had to have a comp, I'd rather have a comp that just gave me a score at the end, and I knew about it ahead of time, and said take whatever the hell you want, but this is this is the score you're going to get for it than to tell me you can't take this or that or the other. In many ways, that's just, um, it's, yeah, it's this is a, a TO judged comp score that's judged before the event so you know what score you're getting. Yeah, you know so what you're getting before you come in. It can in, so take you... those arguments away off a TO-based comp scoring system. It's very good. I, I don't want to go on too long about this. We've all had, a, we had an entire comp discussion. discussion on the last episode. But, you know... Jerry's a friend of mine, and they run th- this and Brawler Bash are two really great tournaments down in North Carolina. Well, and in, uh, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to bring it up, and he asked us to talk about it. So, in conjunction with the rest of their tournament pack, with the way they're running their games, the quiz, actually, it might work very, very well as a yeah. whole. That's the other thing you've got to take it as a whole. Piece. As a whole package, yeah. yeah. You know, and certainly, well, you can't just change one little rule or one little thing and. Or look at one little thing in a, in a vacuum and expect it to make sense. You can on the internet, <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, it sounds like a tournament. You know, the kind of uh, certainly I'd, I'd be interested in that kind of tournament. It, it, See, this it, is the, you know they are doing a lot of fun things in, in conjunction with this. They have the scenarios where you can get the extra points for claiming the objectives. Yep, the quiz as as was mentioned. Yeah. So yep. they're doing a lot of really neat things. When you're running, I see that I like that. I mean, and one of one of the cool things, and I know, especially I know, Greg, you said there's tournaments every weekend around you in different cities. There's so many tournaments, and you get to pick and choose, and different things for different people. Yeah, you only have to look at the division that the the Tempest tournaments cause in England. Listen to the podcasts when they talk about Tempest, and the the following for Tempest among those who go and like it is huge. And then the derision from everyone else <laughs> can be really huge because they change Warhammer. You know, you can't do this, you can't do that. They do everything. Um, you know, some people want to play the odd game like that. I wouldn't go to Tempest every week, but when I go there, I, oh, it's brilliant. It's an, it's an atmosphere that isn't at any other tournament. You know, why am I right. not, why am I not going to mix it up? I don't want to do sure. the same thing every time I play Warhammer. And this is what I like about it is it's something that they're trying something really different. Greg, mm. you were talking about you're working on a, a Doubles, yeah, I I, um, I announced on TWF, um, <laughs> Blood on the Beach. Uh, it's going on on the October the twenty first, I think it is. Um, working on a two one thousand point, you know, armies in a double. Trying to work on banning anything that's really obvious. You know, your Hell Hearts, your things like that that Book could be really it. easy. Yeah. yeah, and and things that work really well at low levels. 
and trying to come up with something a little bit different, trying to restrict a lot of stuff, but also allowing people around that to go bring it. You know, I just I want them to work for it though. I don't want them to bring two hydras right. and sacrificial daggers and just go. Well, they I don't play the game. The dice play the game. I want them to work and go. Yeah, no, I, I've I've made a list. I found a new I, bit of filth, and I can use it. Well, you know, if anything, this proves that the Warhammer community is spoiled for uh, choice. Yeah, you know, what yeah. I, it, it's rare that a game has so many people so passionate that they're willing to go to this length to create different compacts. Yeah, I can't think of another game that that does this. You know, I mean, <laughs> I can just hear lots of uh, private press fans going, "Yeah, we don't have to." Yeah, right. It, it's the perfect game. <laughs> um, our company just treats us like wonderful beings. Um, <laughs> I could just hear them now. Oh God! Okay, all the all the guys <laughs> who play War Machine and Warhammer. Okay, <laughs> hate mail to Child of Fang on the forums. I take you? it. No, it's funny. Bring it. Um, <laughs> but again, and you don't see a lot of this stuff in Malifaux either because they've you know they've got their different systems. But this and it. It's a credit to the system. You know, you say what you want about how tight the rules are in this, that, and the other, but that you can come up with 50 or 60 different variations on the same book and have people yeah. who are, this is how we play. Yeah. We like a lot of comp. We like no comp. We like, a, we like you just we tell like me what I got. You no make tears. Characters. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I always find their comp packs kind of fascinating because they do stuff. I wasn't expecting. I got this compact from him this morning. I'm looking through going, wait a minute. You don't get bonus points toward your score for the objective. You get actually, you know, victory points towards your total score for the objective. That's completely different right there from what I'd normally see. It's, yeah, okay, absolutely. It's something different. Um, before we move on from this, uh, Jerry did, he, uh, he asked me if I would come down to this tournament, and it's, it's the beginning of October. I've only been in school a month. I kind of need to be in school. Couldn't necessarily take the extra time off to travel. Um, he wanted NW2 to come down. He thought it would be great if NW2... NW2! NW2. NW2. <laughs> Greg, our newest honorary member. Oh. <laughs> there you go. I'm waiting for my T-shirt. <laughs> we, we do, we do we, have we T-shirts. We do have them. Oh, uh, it's I'm, up on, I'm in. It's your site on, on Zazzle. We may have to link that or sure, make them up. Sure. We'll make them up and put them on Zazzle on the Garage Hammer sure. site if anyone wants them. <laughs> but he said if I wanted to oh, come. Not, just not anybody. You have to earn it. Yeah, there right. you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Select club. That's right. Yeah, there you go. Right. Oh, yeah. Greg did pass the initiation, so <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. The <laughs> swelling will go down. What, he I said did, NW who? I, I, I did say it to Dave in the car earlier, and it, it took him a second. Oh. <laughs> well, well, no, just no. it was out, so out of context. It was <laughs> we were sitting at the picnic. We were talking about it. Yeah. I said, we've got this thing between IWFP and NW2, and was NW who? And I said, NW2. And I said, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, apparently some people listen to the show. I, I just, <laughs> I, you know what is so funny? I don't expect anybody who's not in NW2 to say that. To me. You should just yell that at, like, downtown Chicago and see if anyone, like, responds. Oh, well, the police. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, the police wouldn't even NW2. respond. Let's face it. People walking through downtown yeah. and screaming is not a odd thing. <laughs> right. But so uh, he had said, you know, if I came down, he would. Uh, he's like, dude, just come down. You don't even have to pay for the tournament. Just come down, and I'll let you into the tournament for free. I just want to have you guys there. And unfortunately, we're that's the same day we're having our group challenge, the Chicago Civil War Club Challenge. Yeah. So uh, here's what he said: I'm going to open a contest thread on the forums. When you guys hear this, there's going to be a contest thread, and basically, they want to help generate a wider Warhammer community. 
So if any listener goes onto the forums, leaves a message about the comp in their local area, whether they're on Texas, the West Coast, area, and why it's the best, be all um, end all. It's just, it's, it's, no, it's just, it says leave a message about what kind of comp you have in your local area. What system are you using? Yeah, what are you using? And if you're willing to travel there, if you can go to North Carolina, they'll waive the $35 fee for the tournament. So okay. please, first of all, only enter if you're going, if you want to go. Now, the tournament isn't until October. Okay. Now, how are we choosing the winner of that competition? What are we supposed to do? Pick the comp we like the best? Then I pick none. Well, that's a, a, a lose-lose proposition. Right. So, so what we're going to do is we are going to... There's. He said he could do it for two players, but we're going to randomly choose. We're going to roll off dice on the number of entries, randomly choose a pair of people to go and uh, and get in uh, for free. After the GT, then um, we just want you to call... We I would like it if you call them the voicemail and tell you how the Garage Hammer sponsored team did. And it'll, it'll be two. It's the team of three, but it'll be agreement two. We can't say it's NW2, but... Uh, well, they are Garage Hammer tools, right? Yo. Yeah, they're, they're tools in the garage. That's Is that yeah. what we're calling yeah. our listeners now? It's the... Listen to Garage Hammer. Be a tool. Be a tool. If you can't be an athlete, be, be an athletic tool. supporter. <laughs> too, right, <mate. laughs> You have to have a, a, a sound bit of like a drill or something every time we say garage hammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. We'll, we'll turn this into, we'll be an industrial band. We yeah, sure. Be. I'm waving that. So, here's the plan. This this comes out on uh, August 25th. Mm-hmm. We're going to leave the contest open until September uh, 10th or 11th. Okay. Um, that'll give us a whole other show to record and give a couple of weeks for people to listen and enter. The sep- now, it is going to be cutting it close. We're going to announce the winner on the September 25th show. That'll give the tournament is one? It's October 6th and 7th. Okay. So it is cutting it pretty close. Basically, this is a cool tournament. If you're planning on going, sign up and go. It's. I mean, if you're going to drive out there or buy a bus ticket or a plane ticket, $35 is not going to make or break you. you well, know, it's, it's, it's also a good way to tell people about how you're playing Warhammer in your local area. Exactly. So join the contest. Tell us about it if you're planning on going. And honestly, anyone, anyone who's planning on going to this, sign up. And if you win, you you get, you know, hey, it's it's $35 more for uh, the Diet Coke after the in the evenings <laughs> or after for the, a box of Savage Orcs or whatever <laughs> yeah, you decide to buy. Yeah, and the, and and the guys who read the, the about the different comps try it. If you if you don't try yeah. a comp, you know you you can't comment on it to an extent. True, you know have a go at it because yeah. you never know what you might like. You yeah. really don't. Right, it may, it may reinvent the game for you in a good way. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything right. else on uh, SAGT? Nothing I can think of. You know what? We'll take another. A quick break and then come back with the graduation. But before we go, Greg came to America bearing gifts. Um, but Greg did come with some nice gifts for Heather for letting him stay. But this was the coolest. I have an official Annie dice bag with the crossed nice. hammer and microphone logo. And I am totally using this all the time now because I just throw the dice in the dice cup and then throw it in the bin. And it winds up, the dice fall all over the place when I get to a tournament. So, so you're gonna roll dice out of there? No, no, no. This is just to carry <laughs> oh, the just dice to carry in. Them, I yes, see. and okay. it's it, and this will totally carry a good forty or fifty of my dice easily. And I have the bigger dice, not the little tiny chess X dice. But Annie, if you're listening, I love this bag. This is so wonderful. That I, is cool. It is cool. And I, I, don't, I know you know we've all seen them, and we've all seen her, heard her talking about them on Twitter. 
Um, but I don't know anybody here in the states who's who's got one. I mean, I'm certain there are some people who've got them, but but they don't have a podcast. I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah. I, in fact, as far as I'm concerned, I'm the only one in America who's got one of these. Yeah. I am <laughs> the only guy. You're rolling this now, is, huh? I am rolling. It's fantastic. So, all right, break and then back. Hey, folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm. It doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com BattleFoam. Protecting your army. Okay. It's time to continue with Garage Hammer. Uh, okay, news and rumors. I haven't seen much from anything from any place. It's been pretty quiet. Nothing that we haven't talked about in the last couple episodes. Uh, well, you know. well, oh, um, you heard. I don't know what you talked about last time. <laughs> uh, the digital rulebook for 40k. Oh, that's right. That did come out since the last episode. The uh, no, no, oh, the the digital rulebook. No, there's talk that there's a with the release of the boxed game. At the same time, 40K will be releasing the digital rule book in the same way as the army books. So it'll be the iBook. Apparently so, which I thought was a very interesting step. Yeah. In whatever manner they produce it. A lot of people... Now, here's... Uh, this, this This has been very... People either love this idea or they hate it. It isn't It isn't cheap. It's... it's no. It's as much if... <clears throat> it's, it's about the same cost as a regular book. Uh, in fact, I know the Empire they just came out with, and it's forty-two bucks for the iBook. Hmm. Um, but people who love it absolutely adore it, and it's it's not for any other system. And I yeah, basically because iBooks are not just the PDFs that you get on your Nook or on your Kindle. No. You you can only hold it in the up and down position, in the vertical position. It doesn't flip to horizontal. It's only the portrait. Yeah, yeah. you can uh, flip through the pages, but you just tap on a rule, and it boop pops up a bubble. And it's got it. Um, it's got a how to. It's got how to paint sections. You can tap on it and do the three hundred and sixty degree. Okay, so it's yeah. more interactive. Images. It's a whole interactive thing that yeah. you have to literally. It's only for iBooks because you have to program it as an iBook. Um, I know Curry got the Empire book and said it's just it's really fantastic. Also, and this is the thing that they said is um, when they come out with FAQs, you just blank it out of your iPad and re-download it since you already own it. And you'll get it with the updated FAQs. Right. So as they FAQ stuff, if you have the books, you just update it on your iPad. And so you it's not like FAQ. the old days where you'd have to cut out a piece like a whole Absolutely. FAQ and tape it onto your book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I think it's brilliant. I like it. I don't. Heather's got an iPad. I don't. So I, don't, I can't use it. Um because we don't need two iPads in the house. They're, they're a bit expensive for everyone to just be walking around with one. Especially for me to spend 500 bucks just so I can walk around with the book I already have on the shelf. But um, that would be... The 40K well, rule book would yeah, be I mean, something. We'll find out when the um, when the army book comes... When the army box set, the, the starter set comes out. But I, I heard a rumor of it um, and some talk of it, which would mean... 
further down the line, they're planning a Warhammer one as well. Yeah, that would be cool. Which, yeah, which I mean, I'm I'm looking at getting an iPad now. I w- well, I will be getting an iPad, and that's as a guy who thought, no, I like the books. Seeing what you can do with it, how easy it is, um, it might convert me. Yeah, really might. And I've actually heard that there's like in some of the fluff sections, there's extra in the iBooks. I've heard that in the Necron book, there's a little bit more, like. He- Stuff and I was like, really? That's art. Oh. And, and the artwork. It, I mean, the artwork, full page on your iPad. You know, having to look. All, yeah. all those things you can yeah. do. Just it's it's pretty cool. Well, it is as you say, Greg. It's a sign of things to come for fantasy. So well, yeah. Well, let's hope so. I mean, yeah. for all GW getting maligned for their business practices, if you actually sit down and look at it, there's there is a logic there. Mm. It might sometimes be a skewed logic, but. Um, I mean, I've been there before and worked out, just off the top of our heads, worked out a, a schedule of releases, because hmm. sometimes you can. So these, these things tend to have patterns. Yeah, we'll, to their madness. we'll wait and see. Yeah. 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 And, you know, bag on them all you want if you're listening to this show and you're still buying the models. <laughs> you know? They gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, so new releases. By the time this airs, the models will have been out a week. But basically what just came up for this is uh, uh, a bunch of re-releases in Finecast. Yep. Uh, the Pegasus is going to be out in Finecast. Um, some of those Citizens of the Empire things that came out, uh, what was it? At least a year ago it came out, wasn't it? I think they're old models. That, that got re-released okay, several, not several long ago. Years. Okay, they so are a number of years old. Yeah, but it was it was a, it was a, uh, had to be at least it was soon after seventh came out. There was these models were re-released. I guess. I guess yeah, the, the, I believe they re- they were re-released then. Is and the then, merchant model? Is that the one that comes with the giant bear? No, that's, that's the uh, regimental mascot. Oh, the Empire. Okay, okay. That's coming out with the bear. I love that model. That, that is cool. Gorgeous model. Uh, and then there's the two sets called Citizen, one's merchant and scribe, and one is uh, you know the floofy shirt or the floofy coat businessman and the guy next to him with the quill and the paper, mm-hmm. and then the duelists. You know the two guys with guns. Which if you have a unit of Empire handgunners, it works nice as a champion. Uh, Prince Althren from the Island of Blood, not in the box set, but they had that one character that you could buy in the blister, and then the one Skaven general you could buy in the right. blister. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to fine cast. Um, the Shadow Warriors are going to fine cast, so stock up on them for yeah. your SAGT. <laughs> uh, the Swordmasters, um, they're not coming in a box of ten. They're a box of five Swordmasters or the five sword ma- basically the metal sets. You know, where you could buy five straight models or five that have a command. But not the current Island of Blood. No. Masters, and that's why edition. I have the WTF on the notes <laughs> here. Uh, five for 33 bucks, which is basically the same price as the medals are now. I think the command one was 33 Now they're both that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's here's the thing, and this is what I don't get. I know a lot of times you like to do the multi-part plastic kits and stuff, but they're doing it out in fine cast. And the Swordmasters are push-fit models. The Metal Sword Masters were single-piece models. Sure. The Island of Blood are push-fit single-piece models, with I think the exception of like the, the, the champion or something like that. I think right. he just pushed in his arm. Why? Why do the Metal Sword Masters when you can do the ones... Well, I think to encourage people to buy, continue buying the Island of Blood set. No? There's potentially that. There's potentially the fact that if you buy push-fit models, you're not modeling. Which is a cornerstone of GW's. Well, but they're selling the old sculpts are push fit. They're 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 push fit. You, you push the model into the base. Yeah, yeah, but they're not they're not modeling plastic, are they? 
the 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 island of blood ones are modern in plastic, and and if they released a push fit plastic, people might start to think, hold on, you know, where are they going with this? There's a lot of connotations that could be drawn. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying this is what so is happening. So don't release it as a push fit. Just get get rid of that little bar on the bottom. Have them glue the feet to the base. I mean, what's the difference? You're only gluing the feet. The fine cast swordmasters look to be. Single piece models, just like the metals, which means yep. you're, and the metals were push fit. I mean, that's what they are. If it's a single piece model, so okay, so the fine cast what don't have that little rank, that little bar on the bottom, so you just glue their feet right to the base. I was just, I just, in fine cast, people are used to these one piece models, the metal fine cast. In plastic, people are used to the starter set being very basic with the push fit to get kids in, uh-huh. and then the proper plastic miniatures to be poseable. So do you think when they so come out with the High Elf book, I, I think there's potential to start a rumour. Um, <laughs> let's, let's do it. Let's I, see if this I, takes I, off. I, I, I mean, I've heard talk, um, I, this could be complete baloney, but there is talk about High Elves down the line. Now, down the line... We heard that too. ...is a time scale that is open-ended depending on what they're doing with the book how long it takes blah 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 Bretonians are down the line uh, too um, what else must be next um, <laughs> <laughs> no they have a right with high elves yeah, yeah. yeah I'm good but if um, if they're looking at a time scale of, of high elves that isn't years in the future then they might be looking at doing a new line of elves now if they're looking at doing a new ni- line of sword masters do they want to now release a plastic Swordmasters if in 12 months' time they're going to be releasing a new box of Swordmasters? Ah, I see what you're so saying. So there's, there's potential for that to be a reason. Whether it is or not, who oh, knows? That actually makes sense. It though. is Listen, intriguing, though. We're getting rid of mm. the metals, turn these into fine cast for now, and then Let's look really down between the, line. the lines and possibly yeah. get it all wrong. But and let me just say, somehow for me, Greg... The rumor coming from you with the accent seems to have more credibility. Oh, yeah. I'm, so. I'm near Nottingham as well. Did you not know? Oh. Yeah. Well, everyone's near everywhere in right. England. <laughs> I know Jervis. Right I must legend, know Jervis. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Jerv. Jer- Jervis he, and I go away JJ. Back. Yeah. Dude, he wrote, he he wrote, wrote Jervis a letter. a letter and Jervis wrote him back. They, were, they're they practically related. We're like this, son. <laughs> <laughs> Who's on top? Oh, uh, it depends on the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, who's no, Jervis, who's I mean, I've, I've I've been lucky enough to meet Jervis at a couple oh, yeah. of um, just at games days where you know everyone yeah. everyone meets him. But um, stop and have a chat with him. And the guy, he's a, he's a great guy. He's thoroughly enthusiastic. You know, so just wanted to get that out there. We need to move to the UK. Yeah, that's what we need to do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go to the UK. We'll move to the UK and then just we'll run no comp tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, are you kidding me? Curry would be first in line. He'd be there early. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I mean, him and there, Carmichael. How bad can we break it yeah. with no comp? You get to the point where there's an itch when you do play with comp and you're like, hold on. I just want to bring everything. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to play with everything. Well, and that, the, uh, the only reason they even make the joke is because if every tournament in your place has a little bit of a different comp, we could sell out a tournament there in a second. Yeah. Hey, we're playing a total no comp. Bring the filth. It's still got to be painted, though. This ain't art, boys. And there you go. Yeah, that'd be good. So, And if we ran a tournament and said they all have to be painted, they'd all have to be painted. Ooh, controversial, Mr. Whitehouse. Controversial. <laughs> that's why. That's why I don't run the tournaments because I would be mean. I'm sorry. Is that unpainted? Take it off. I tell you what, they wouldn't do it again. <laughs> Hopefully not. No. 
Is that uh, that's your three hundred point model? Take it off. I, I, just I, I won't do. It. I know you won't do it again. I don't know if you listened to Bad Dice when um, when Johnson used to be on it when he we talked about being a ref at one of the um, GTs. Oh yeah, and uh, a foreign guy uh, somewhere European had come over and was using a non GW. It was either Greater Demon or a Dragon, and they only realised like an hour in. Mm-hmm. And Johnson was the one who had to walk over and talk to him, and and I mean he said this all on the podcast. He he, he felt bad. He said, "Look, mate, you can't use that here. Whoa. Sorry." Or was it? Oh, it was a GW. This, this was a GWGT. Oh, oh. This was this was it. Warhammer World. Because he used to work for G. Or, no, he, he does used, now, but he he used to, he used to help out um, okay. as refereeing. They used to get various people at Warhammer in. at the center of the at GW the universe. universe. He's using oh. a non-GW oh. model. Oh. And he walked those over. Rules. He walked over and he said, "I'm really sorry, man." And he said, "What? Well, I can't use it." And they said, "Yeah, you have got to take it off." And he went, "No worries." And they were already kind of discussing. I, I'm sure I can get you one, a replacement. He went, no, I bought the other one. <laughs> and just kind of thought, I thought it might happen, but I wanted to use this model. Oh. <laughs> got, got to what? give respect to the guy. He was prepared, you know, for the eventuality. Wait, so he had the other one with him? He had the other one with so him. he just swapped them? Pretty much, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how the story goes. Oh, that's odd. Well, that's... Look, I really like this model more, but yeah. I, I figured if you caught me, I've got the other one. That's kind of ballsy. That's nothing if not daring. Yeah, yeah. I like it though. It made made them, feel, you know, telling a guy he can't use his, you know, big but, but, how many hundred yeah. piece model. But you know what? That's that, you more. know, I know that's a rule at all the GW stores. I mean, you. I mean, I know that they were even saying at the GW by me was you know people were talking about getting you know they were ordered up a bunch of resin custom different right, bases yeah. for the models. They're like, you uh-huh. can't. Uh-huh. Dude, is that not allowed? Well, they, no, they, they sell bases. They sell bases. You don't walk into a pub with someone else's food and eat it. You know, a bar. You, you don't. GW. You, when you, if you go into a GW yeah. store and you're playing on their tables, yeah. you can only use their models, and you can only use stuff that they. I remember Chris came the first time we went there to paint, and Chris had actually brought his own paints. Didn't know that they were going to, and he had pulled out some old GWs, but he had some other stuff. And and the manager walked up. He's like, "Dude, you have to use our paints." And he's like, oh, okay. And he put away. He's like, no, put all your paint away. We have paint to supply for you. Just put your paint away. Right. You have to use it. It's all about the brand, right? Yeah. And brand that's, that's like, I mean, if they didn't sell bases, that's something different. You know, I mean, but they sell bases. And they sell those kits to make your bases fancy. Sure, to, to modify. You walk in with someone else's fancy resin bases. They go, oh, that's cool. Where do I get that? And you tell them. And now they're not buying these GW I mean, bases. They're going and sure. ordering from Skyboard. You only or whatever. have to look at. I mean, all the GW tables now are those are the, the uh, realm of battle, yeah. the realm of battle tables. Because everything you play with, everything you use in a GW store, can be bought from GW. It's that whole encompassing. We've got you in here. We're gonna we're the, gonna provide everything right. for you. The only Your thing business. they don't enforce is if if you have dice that were not Yeah, dice and bags. Di- yeah, yeah they'll, they'll allow you. Yeah. Although I have heard horror stories about you're not bringing your whatever bag in here which is wow. which your, your is de- with, or that's whatever. a manager that's a that's a specific store manager issue but um <laughs> you know you you get people like that everywhere now that would that would kind of piss me off if i rolled up with my battle phone bag in my army you can't bring it in well, I, the, uh, my army's in it exactly now go take it well, out where you where do you draw the line go take it out in the car Absolutely. and then bring your models those exacto blades where did you get those <laughs> <laughs> oh no Reason. you bought a tape measure from the hardware store yeah, right yeah. <laughs> really you should have bought our one for seven times the price yeah. <laughs> 
they're going to start. It's going to be like Star Trek. They're going to have little scanners, and they're going to scan your model to see what paint you painted it with. Jeez. Always this makes was me painted with that Vallejo stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Always makes me laugh when you see the new the newer kids getting into the hobby, and their parents have brought them in for the first time, and the ones who are. S- I mean, I live in an area. Of, well, the the, the Tommy's Rose store is an area which is um, has a certain middle class element who who don't seem to mind how much they spend on their kids' daycare, which is what they view GW as. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they they take them in, they leave them there for four hours, they come pick them up, um, you know, on, on a Saturday afternoon, and then you get the others who come in and go, um, "How much was that um, tape measure? Yeah. No, how much was that tape measure? Yeah. You're not having that, Johnny." I can get that for 50p right, down the road. Right, right. <laughs> right, you know, and they're not wrong. So. Fair play to them. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so, um, well, we've got a few more releases um, before I took us off on the sword master tangent. Now, the, the Teclas that Harrison looked at and goes, Dad, it's a new Teclas sculpt. I'm like, it's a new sculpt in fine cast? No way. And it looked like, I'm like, it looked different. It's it's an but, old sculpt. Well, that's what I, I called you and I said, what is this? And you're like, that's actually the previous edition, which... In the picture, at least on the GW site, I like it better than the than the. I I prefer it. The the this one he, he's kind of leaning back with the sword drawn. The previous about edition. To chop your head off with his mighty blade. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, the best sword in the game. You were saying best right? sword in the game. No armor saves. Two, Always two, wins two on a plus two plus. Two? Yep. Yeah. Filth. What a waste. Of <laughs> <laughs> he has to have he it though. Magic him up. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna get hit back, and he wants. Oh come on! You do some flesh to stone on Teclas, and then and then with one guy, and then one attack. Hey, weapon it, skill three. Oh, that, well, hey, always strikes first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Four re-rolls. He's only got one. Attack. <laughs> <laughs> and not against Macas Lord, it's not. Right. <laughs> it's five <Yeah>. re-rolling. <laughs> Find a way to give him frenzy. I don't know. <laughs> Where's the? The previous techless model, he's kind of lunging forward with yeah. a sword. Yeah, and he's got that. And I think his uh, the staff is a little more ornate. I don't know. I looked at it and said, "Wow, I do like this one." I thought it was new. I'm like, "Wow, they did. They kind of improved the techless sculpt. They didn't change it that much, but they improved it." And they're like, "No, that's the old one." I'm like, "Oh, well, then." The yeah, new I wonder sculpt why they is, why they did that. Uh, maybe they realize it's a better sculpt. I uh, I wonder when they're going to do the techless carrying at the back of the board model. The one the, the techless carrying at the back of the board, trying to stay out of combat model. Oh. <laughs> was, with his like back up against the wall, yeah, like. with like holding two elves in front of him, <laughs> kind of job. <laughs> oh boy, and they do have some Beastman stuff too. Uh, just to keep moving on here, Tuskgore chariot, Razor Gore. Uh, you could buy the Centigore herd, although the five Centigore models are coming in at about sixty dollars. That's about twelve dollars a Centigore, <laughs> and you you need them. You got to have some Centigores in your. Uh, in your in your beastman army, if you, I mean, that's the one plus. Okay, maybe I'll take my centigors against your shadow warriors. Shadow warriors. Oh, oh, I'll take that matchup. You're, you're starting to copy uh, <laughs> Point Hammered's uh, taking the bad laws. You're going to take the right, right, the yeah, bad units, the suboptimal list. Well, we almost t- one of the things we almost talked about, which we didn't do, was you almost threw in uh, for the um, the our four thousand pointer was. You you had to take high magic, and I could I I only take vampires anyway. So I said no, don't do that because I was going to take vampires anyway. So that was no limitation to me. But we were thinking about sticking with your your special your special lore. race lore. But like I said, possibly. I, well, I could, okay. If it was any race other than vampires, where that's that's all I would have taken anyway, I would have said let's go for it. Let's keep it race specific. But maybe I just feel like. Uh VC at 4,000 points is such an uphill battle for high elves. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to need all the help I can get. Uh, that probably was. That's a, yeah. 
Well, we didn't limit anything. The only thing we said was we we both just decided we weren't going to take special characters. We act. Right. You going to take them? I don't think I am. You? Nah. Okay. No. Uh, let's see what else. Um, the Beast Lord with two hand weapons. Uh, oh, and the only thing that I think is a new sculpt is that great Bray Shaman because uh, it's coming out in plastic. Mm. I looked at it. I like it. No, I liked it too. It's really nice. It's a nice sculpt. It's that that whole line are really good. Yeah, the, really the, good. The Beastmen models are really nice. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of Lord of the Rings stuff coming out the same day. Most of it just previously existing coming out the fine case. The dragon. And it's a big dragon apparently. But that thing the, is coming. The Drake. In. Yeah. The, the Drake. Cave it's, Drake. What's it? Seventy one bucks. I yeah. thought I saw. That thing's. That's expensive, but uh, <laughs> eh, you know you got you got to price them up that way to make your money back, though, because I think there's only five players, so you're only going to sell the five. Oh, I'm it's, sorry, I had oh, to. Ouch! I am in a. I am in a dive house. Fair, but harsh. <laughs> <laughs> I am in a mood today. I don't know what's with me. I'm just like ripping on people, but you, you uh, can't defeat them. You can only hope to contain them. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to come back in just a minute with the uh, garage manager's section, brought to you by Chaos Superstore. All right, back in a minute. Chaos Rock Superstore. That's right, folks. Chaos Rock Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War. Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you. Because at Chaos Org Superstore, what you see is what you get. Chaos Org Superstore. And we are back with the Garage Manager section. That's not getting in. You're not, not getting in. Right. <laughs> We're back with the garage manager. Maybe section. at the end of the episode. <laughs> oh sure. <laughs> no, I'm no. He's not coming on the show while I'm on the show because he's always calling me fat, and it may be true, but it's kind of hurtful. <sighs> so okay, <laughs> modeling, gaming, and reading. Uh, let's start with our guests. Um, Greg, I know you said you didn't have a lot of time to do a lot of modeling, but I had time. <laughs> uh, as uh, no. Kind of in the build up to to coming over here, I've been putting off. I've got a load of ogres, boo hiss um, <laughs> <laughs> that I bought. Well, bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. I I, I didn't <laughs> buy them initially with any Mornfang. Oh, initially, initially, I had to buy them separate from my initial purchase of quite a lot of uh, ogres. So I've been slowly painting them up with the new paints, playing around with some stuff. Um, nice. And waiting for a delivery of my final piece of my Chaos Blood Bowl team. Oh, And um, my excellent. latest Chaos Blood Bowl team, um, which is all made up of different models. So, nice. Yeah, and, and Very I'm chaotic. Picking some, indeed. I mean, tried to go for, well, the, um, I don't know if you're familiar with much of the Blood Bowl teams. Some um, of them. But the Chaos one, although lovely, is very, very of its era. Ah. Uh, so fairly static. It's well seasoned. Yes. Um <laughs> But I've, uh, I've, I basically I bought some gore for the for the beastmen. I just thought you know stuff it. Some of them can have weapons. It's blood bowl. That's semi allowed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then find some good character models to use as the chaos warriors. And then I'm at Gen Con I'm picking up some stuff off Impact just to finish it off a, a, a Minotaur uh, a variation and a coach at, at Gen Con. So yeah, cool. yeah. That's it. And I've um, apart from that and. 
working on my warriors but say haven't done a lot plugging it's, uh, away at my yeah, warriors just, uh-huh. ugh. It's getting hurtful. <laughs> Had the uh, army so long. That, that, that's become the connotation of I'm plugging away. It's like they're there. I looked at them. I painted one of them. I'm, I'm doing them. Plugging oh, away at absolutely. them. Absolutely. Um, I haven't been helped in some of my modeling by the new paints coming out because uh, I started a project to um, convert a Bretonian army out of high-off bits. So, Silverhouse. Nice. Um, I like that idea. Written up a story for them. Um Cold One Knight base of Cold One Knight riders for the Grail Knights, um, using Dark Elder helms, the old school Dark Elder helms with the with the crests, wavy crests going nice. down. Um, and I started to paint them, and GW only did two purple paints, and they were Uh-oh. miles different from each other. So I went, no, nope. I went to Foundry and got their ABC paint system. Okay, um, which was brilliant, but quite expensive to pick up a couple of paints at once, uh, and then I put it. It fell to the wayside for a while, and then GW released a new paint system with a A B C D E F <laughs> yeah. paint system, and I thought, you know what, I can pick these paints up easier, I'm going to have to go back and paint. <laughs> the small yeah. amount I've done, I'm going to have to go back and paint. But I, I in, a way, in a way, I think overall it might, it might speed things up in the long run, um, and it might get me more wanting to paint them, because the, the, the colours I'd used kind of were a bit of a pain in the rear to to go through <laughs> but yeah that's that's been it really what about uh, yourself me i've been plugging away on my green skins plugging away on my green skins getting them ready for the 3000 point uh, screw city gt scgt for those here <laughs> in, in the midwest <laughs> uh, so yeah speaking of repainting stuff that is i go through that uh, on a pretty regular basis i just repainted about 80 goblins that I had that were, yeah, red and black. Ouch. I repainted them dark blue and orange to fit my current color scheme. Oh, so uh, you didn't have just more. You stripped all those I old ones? I stripped them and repainted oh. I tend to do that, go through phases, different oh, color right. phases. You know what? I, I've got two armies painted, my VC and my dwarves. And every time I look at my dwarves, I'm like, yeah, you're all getting yeah, stripped. Well, as your <laughs> skills develop, uh, you still have the models. You want to redo yeah, them. Yeah, but I've got nine <laughs> other armies that have no paint on them. We're like, you're going to strip yeah, them and you, repaint them, you yeah. son of a... You need to get on that. Yeah. Yeah. problem is my skills developed, but my painting speed didn't. That's, and I am I am slow. That's, real yeah. slow. That's but, my only problem. Yeah. I couldn't... I mean, I, I, I resprayed a couple of my warriors because I'm... I found a quicker way to do more of my army. So again, <laughs> it, I thought it's quicker to repaint these twenty models and yeah. do a new color scheme than it is to paint my new models. Um, mm. So I thought that's fine, but the thought of re <laughs> going over the stuff I've done would make me cry. Oh frankly. yeah, I, the, the, <laughs> probably the most painful instance for me was uh, I had ten dragon princes all painted and done. They didn't match my army, so I stripped them all and oh. repainted them. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but that was a long time ago. Uh, in addition to that, I started my Grimgore Ironhide model. Nice. I got Sweet. him a long time ago in a trade. And trying to Orcs finish up. the best. The best. They are the best. The best. Yeah, I was going to say, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and Where trying to finish from? up my second <laughs> you giant. You ain't no cockney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ain't no proper orc. Governor. Uh, my second giant. Trying to Trying to wrap that up. So he's sculpted in such His a way. His giant <laughs> is... He's... <laughs> Pulled a bit of a conversion on it. A little bit. Instead of lunging forward like the typical giant, yeah. he's kind of falling backwards. All right. And he's, he's moving way backwards, though. It's like it, this, yeah, this guy, well, he's, he's, he's going to fall. Yeah. He's drunk. In each oh, hand, awesome. 
he's got a barrel of, of ale. Sweet. Bugman's Forex. Bugman's, yeah. There yeah. you go. He's knocking over a bunch of barrels as he's falling backwards. And then I've got the, uh, you know, the trolls, the new river trolls. They have the yeah. bit where one of them is puking. The vomit. Yeah. He's got that puke spewing out of him as he's falling oh, back. Classy. So, lovely. <laughs> it's, class- yeah. it's, it's classier than, the, than Grant's Giant. Grant's giant. The anatomically is that uh, is that he's got the giant that's anatomically correct, or is that the I other think that's thing? Tom McClure. Oh <laughs> goodness. Okay. So what? Else, anything else you're building? You're uh, uh, for now, that is about it. I, I do like your I do like your giant. It is really cool. Thanks. Have I done anything? Uh, well, I got the terror geist finished. I think. I am now working on the basing. Are you going to follow through with that dead horse? I've already got him cut and in oh, pieces, nice. and I'm just trying to get. The, I got to get the. Uh, what I've did, I've got him most of him cut up. I'm going to have one leg in one place and one leg, uh, a bit of a hoof jam between the toes. Okay. And then the horse is knocked down, and what I've done is I'm putting some green stuff around the belly. And I'm going to pull some ropes out from there and have one of them kind of sticking, like so ropes of intestine. Yeah, attached a li- to but the a little bit stuck to his teeth, you know, like mm-hmm. he was chewing. And then I drilled out the where the eyeball would be, and I got a little green stuff. I balled up a little green stuff, and then I made a little thing. And it's I haven't I was where the eyeball would it. be on the so guys? Yeah, no, on the, oh, on, the horse. on the horse. Okay, so it's going to have the the nerve. You know, the long nerve stalk oh. with the eyeball out of the head, just hanging out of the head. How, so. did, how did that eye pop out like that? It, that's, it, it got mauled by a terror, guys. Do you think the eye couldn't have gotten mangled? It isn't the stuff? It's magic. That's the answer. That's you can't work magic? it out. Okay. It, was, it was magic. You got a flying terror guys. You got a flying undead creature that can banshee scream at stuff, and you're worried about the how did the eyeball? Why is that such an odd? Usually the face will be ripped off or bitten off. Maybe just squeeze the stomach so hard it pops oh, out pressure. under the pressure. Yeah, okay, I'm done. I'll, I'll I'll buy that. Maybe yeah, I'll yeah. scrape I'll a bit and try to put a little uh, bit of a uh, you know skeleton horse bit head because I've got a couple of skeleton horses. Oh, don't don't skeleton do that on my account. I was just, <laughs> just curious. You know. <laughs> Oh, and I did. Uh, I did finally. I've been. I've been watching the bit sites and Horda bits. Finally, had two sets of the five horses for the Hex Wraith Black Knight sets. Okay. So I, I bought two boxes and I made them in a Hex Wraith, but I've got the complete Black Knights with no horses. And uh, I know Donovan Stoddard sent me some because I've been just looking for any skeletal steeds to put them on. But obviously they don't have that nice the you know the the cloth that stuff sure. that they put over the horse. So I got two full sets. I got ten more of the horses. So now I'm going to be able to make the ten new black knights because all they were missing were the steeds. Uh, wh- how many ten, how many black knights do you have now? Well, I have the ten have old ten. ones. But now you have another ten. And I had the yeah. So I'll have. So you're going to run a bus? I might. All right. But are um, they are they a long way from home? <laughs> oh yes. That's the important <laughs> question. <laughs> But once I get these bits, it'll be really nice because I can make the proper ones. And, I mean, it wasn't cheap, but basically for the bits, I'm going to have 10 Black Knights for less than the cost of a regular box of Black Knights. So I am, nice. I'm excited. I managed to find the, the proper bits. So How many die wolves do you have? I, You know what? I <laughs> thought I bought another box, and I don't know where the heck it went, so... I only have ten. What was that, what another was that list? sixty-five. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, I heard yeah. his list, and I w- went to find my other ten that I thought I had a box of in the you know, back in the shop, back in yeah. the storage area there. I'm like, I, I, Harrison, I know I've got ten more dire wolves around that we couldn't find them anywhere. So, so that, is it is it seventy? 
it depends how you, how you play the list. Um, there's essentially, I've seen three players play the list okay. uh, in variation. Um, the the Raf, who was the first guy to, to mm. take it, um, his his idea was just to fill up core. So he started with fives and a few sevens. Um, there's another guy called Craig Namvar who um, he then took uh, one unit of fifteen, I think, um, which he found could charge skink units, and the skink <laughs> units would stand and shoot, and he'd still get into more them, yeah. where the fives didn't. So various sizes, some fives to put drops down, a couple of larger units to be able to take on other small units, um, various variations. And there's the huge on one that has a whole bunch of characters in it. And then, well, that's the Black Knight, it's the Black Knight bus, oh, which okay. has the all Black the characters Knight in okay. it, yeah. Um, and with all the hounds around it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You know, I saw that and I said, you know, I could, I could get myself a bunch of, of dogs and I just wouldn't know how to run that list. I really wouldn't know what to do with it because... I've run lists now with a couple of fives. They get wiped out. I ran lists with tens. Guess what? They get wiped out. Oh, they're not supposed to hit anything. Oh, I know. They're, but you, don't they do anything? <laughs> I mean, what's Yeah, the- they stop the opponent army hitting you right. when you don't want them to. That's pretty much all they're there for. I played I played Raf at the South Coast GT, and unfortunately, I had no unit that could stand up to his night bus. Um I was playing Warriors, just had nothing that could get through the armor quick enough, well, or would survive the two vampires with always strike first, red fury, blah, 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 blah. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you know, this, you know how it works. Um, and those, those hounds stop you doing what you need to do to try and avoid it or try and get at it. And he's just prepared to lose 400 chap, points. Just constantly redirecting and pushing you around. Yeah. And it's in yeah. the way. And Guaranteeing you're going to give up a 25%. You're, you're starting at that, with that list at a, a you're twenty five percent down. You might as well consider it. I just I don't know if I'm I don't know if my playstyle would lend me to just automatically knowing I'm throwing away twenty five percent of my list. I don't. It's it's um, pretty gutsy. Yeah, you know, I, and you've got all your characters in a in a in a bus unit, and then you come up against blood letters, and if the dice roll, you're you're <laughs> stuffed. <laughs> so um, I mean I know Craig went to um, Port Pompey Pillage uh, with a very again a variation on that on that army um, all the characters in his night bus first game was against a triple bloodletter horde Ooh, uh, bad <laughs> <match up>. and <laughs> and he was because he, um, he he was playing the guy and he said what's he what's he running I said well um, from what I can gather this guy will be running at least two units of bloodletters and it turned out to be triple bloodletters double light. Uh, heralds Oof. knowing all the uh. law uh, and it was like well okay <laughs> <laughs> but that's the nature yeah, of the beast you right, take a list like that it's 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 good at one thing and it has that yeah. one glaring weakness luck of the draw right? yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> that is it yeah see that's that's that is not a balanced list and you're really betting <laughs> heavy to win heavy so and that, like I said, that was that's. I've just been working on the Terrorgeist, and um, at this point, once I get that done, I'm not certain what else in the army I'm going to work on. I do have from the pictures on the website from the last episode. I have an entire unit of never been touched with paint other than primer, um, a grave guard, which did well enough that I'm considering painting them up and and taking them out. <laughs> they've been, they've been rewarded for their performance. Yeah, you know, it's just I kind of put them aside. I, I don't know why I put them aside because they were good, but I mean, I think it was one of those things where I wanted to try the new toys, and I knew yeah. these guys were kind of sure. reliable for what they did. I wanted to try other things, 
But um, for packing a punch, I kind of think I, I need one regular infantry unit, I think, that packs a punch, and there ain't any corps that does it. Uh, so taking some Grave Guard might, because mm. infantry is just, I, th- I guess that fits more in my play style, but, you know. That's me. I have those. I take the Black Knight, bu- uh, you know, not a boss, but I take a bunch of Black Knights, but I tend to lose them. I tend to play a little too reckless for them <laughs> to live. Um, so it's always my infantry that seems to be getting the job done for me. So I don't know. That's it for my uh, modeling. Anybody done any reading? Um, a little. I had a, like a 20 hour trip over. <laughs> <laughs> so um, apart from watching films on, on the on the plane, but. Um, Managed to pick up uh, Shadows of Treachery and Fear to Tread, the last latest two Horace Heresy books. Um, an open day, got a friend to pick them up on an open day, just finished them. Um, it's more Horace Heresy, awesome source. Um, <laughs> any, any scene with Sanguinius and Horace chatting. Oh, um, oh I mean, God. literally, the book explores their relationships as, as brothers. Uh, is phenomenal. And that's before you get to the Blood Angels being unleashed against demons and and the 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 champion of corn and and all the other things that are included in that book um brilliant absolutely brilliant you know, if anything these hearing about these novels makes me want to play 40k oh it's, it's i'm I, the funniest thing is i read that and i and i, I said to brian Steele, now i know why you know, two-thirds of GW sales are Space Marines. He goes, yeah, but then you play the Space Marines and you realize they ain't anything like the guys in the book. I'm like, huh. but just what they are and what they represent oh, is too cool. Oh, here's a bit that we didn't do on the news that they had at Games Day, which I didn't, we didn't even talk about. They showed the little video and they had it. The, there's the video on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Forge World is coming oh. out with... The Horus Heresy rules to play a book with rules oh, to play. That's now they cool. say you're not going to need your other 40k stuff. It's standalone on its own. But you basically they're coming. Fa- yeah, this this has been coming for a while with the contempt armor and and all those things. They've been releasing oh. the 30k Forge armor system. 30k the old school. A stuff. man. Um, Forge World know where the money lies. You know they're not ah. fools. They know they know what people want. That's I'm well, wondering. Well out, uh, well I'm wondering if you're going to finally get models. And I don't even care if you could play them or not. I would just love to buy and paint models of the Primarchs. I, again, um, or a model of the Emperor. Just night, a mo- just to have it and paint yeah, it. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you can't play the Emperor. No. You no no no. I mean, but I'd love to have a model. The Primarchs in game. You know the stats would go above ten. <laughs> you think? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, so they probably couldn't be used. But with other companies out there making, or, or people on the internet selling um, night models or whatever they're called, um, of, of basically the Primark models. Um, right. GW showed when they had all the problems with the naming of the Tyranid stuff that got copied and, and everything that happened around that, all of a sudden all the models have started coming out straight after the books were released. You know, you've got right. almost everything in the book is released now. Over the last two years, they changed their policy. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't bet on it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Primark models came out just so they could say, "This is our IP. Yeah, this is what we do." Well, and that's right because I remember that last year they were, you know, they were there was supposed to be this new wave of Tyranid models, mm. and um, you know, they kept going. I, you know what we're talking about, right, Chris? Because like, you look a little confused. That's why I'm asking. 
Yeah, I'm Tyranid models. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, I've, who was it? Who was there making was, the there models? Was a, there was an American was it chapter com- house. Uh, no, chapter house was a different issue. Okay. Um, um, chapter house was them allegedly because uh, I don't think it's gone through the courts yet. Allegedly using GW logos without permission. Oh, that's right. To the, sell their stuff. Right. The other issue was, I believe it was another American company released a model that was named either exactly or very similar to a tyranny model that hadn't been released. Huh. And the... I, I'm trying to remember exactly what it is. I believe it got up, upheld by the American judge that because GW hadn't released the model, then this company weren't doing anything wrong wow. because they weren't copying anything, even though it looked just like the artwork and everything else. Well, and, and then, yeah. So I think from... I think possibly even before that, but if you look at it now, when GW released an army book, almost everything's there. The last few yeah. army books, there aren't. If by the second wave, all the toys are there. Well, and I, and I heard, yeah, and I heard about this other part of it was, you know, they they made a model based on the GW description for a model they don't have and made it look exactly like GW described it. And you know how GW comes in and says, "Well, you can't do that. It's ours. You can't do that. It's ours." GW's got their model about to come out, and the company. And I don't know if I have this wrong. Turn around and basically threatened that model looks too much like ours. We're going to come after you, GW. And so it was like, well, wait a minute, but you based that off our. But, but, but you don't have a model. That's a, that's a legal battle at that point. And, and then it, there's, there's, and basically yeah. it, it became a you know GW's telling everybody you can't. It's ours. You can't. It's ours. If I've got the model out first and your model looks too much like my model. I'm right. going to tell GW, you can't make the model. I, so I believe initially the American judge upheld the American company's stance. And yeah, initially and, that was and the... So if that is going to happen, to avoid any risk, GW have got to start putting out the models quicker. Which is where that it's at that point in time that suddenly all the coming soons disappeared. Yep. You don't Now you only get a uh, two-week notice because they lock it down. So that nobody can get it out first. Yeah. And here's this with all the new models coming out next week yeah. and the new book. Right. And and, and and you look at the latest 40K releases, um, I, I don't think there's much of the Necrons. Is there anything of the Necrons that hasn't been released? I think at this point between Forge World and the other one, I think there is every, I think I think everything's I think it's out. everything's covered. There's no gap in that market anymore. They have been pretty good about uh, keeping things secret. Like the, yeah. the demon... You know the well, Slanesh chariots and yeah, everything. Absolutely, oh gosh, they just came out of nowhere. And they used to. I mean, look, they're still. I mean, and they used to leave stuff off that they didn't have. Ah, oh, you can make. You know, hey, war shrines. But you know, <laughs> and, you know, and it wasn't. Things. And because people who like to do conversions might spend three times what a war shrine would cost because you got to buy a corpse card or whatever, and then you got to buy this, and you got to buy some of these, and you got to put this together. It didn't hurt them at all to leave a couple of models off yeah. and let you use your imagination. But now, as soon as there's a gap in the market, look at the uh, the Space Wolf Thunderwolves from um, Skyboard did did yeah. them straight away. You know, um, they were they were straight. These companies are straight on any any gap in the market, which has actually probably forced GW to step it up in that respect. Which actually works for us, which which works for us to a degree, yeah. because it's out there now. But uh, cool, yeah. So um, apart from reading Fear to Tread and Shadows <laughs> Treachery, <laughs> bring it um, back. Absolutely, um, I. I saw you reading the Gotrek and Felix anthology. Just started Gotrek and Felix anthology. Absolutely, um, I love Gotrek and Felix. Uh, I do too. They're just they're just some of the most awesome characters ever made. <laughs> um, and you know, it's funny is it, it, he's not nearly as flat of a character as people 
No, uh, oh, he's deep. Yeah, I mean, and you don't. He doesn't say much. It's mostly through Felix's eyes. And you're like, okay, so every story, Gotrek gets in a problem. He takes his axe. He kills. It's that's it. It's not, not just that. that. No, you know? absolutely. Then, yeah, they're not, they're, um, there is that layer of deepness b- between the page turning. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, a drunk Gotrek is very different from a sober <laughs> Gotrek. Uh, <laughs> a drunk Gotrek is very fun and funny though to read about because just watching only because you're not there. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And then um, the last thing was I actually. Um, I subscribed to Audible um, a little while ago and um, resubscribed when little trick for everyone if you unsubscribe after getting your free book they will send you an email saying they will offer you three months at half price um, that's good so to know unsubscribe and then resubscribe <laughs> with the deal and it's, it's the only reason I resubscribed I uh, listened to Ready Player One which is a, a, an, a book written by an 80s fanatic by the sounds of it because it's all about um a virtual reality made by this genius guy where everyone well people can go to school in it actually do their actual schooling in it um and set up their own worlds blah 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 and then the guy dies and leaves the he has no one to leave this to in a will so he creates an easter egg because he was a massive computer game fan blah 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 and whoever finds the easter egg wins the prize huh. all the clues for this easter egg it's all to do with computer games movies music books role playing games from the 80s so this whole subculture appears of um, gunters they're called egg hunters mm. who basically just absorb themselves into 80s culture there's some really cool stuff in there really, and there's even even hidden amongst that are just some lines that that aren't attributed to anything but if you know you your movies and you know yeah. your games, you pick up on those lines as well. That's cool. It's a very cool concept. Sounds very smart. But I'd recommend that to people and as well. What's that called? A Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Yeah. Huh. Oh, okay. That, that makes sense because that's a Ready that's Ready Player One. Whenever you play a game, yeah, yeah. Ready Player game. One. Ready Player One. Okay, I get it. Actually, that sounds like a fun read. I finished the Seventh Artemis Fowl book okay. that I talked to you about last week. It was good. It wasn't my favorite Artemis Fowl book. I believe there's an eighth Artemis Fowl book out that I actually don't have, but I'll have to go pick that up um, because the series is still going strong. I am halfway through the short stories in uh, Tales of Heresy, Horus Heresy, book 10. And I've actually been tweeting to Black Library ever, ever. I just read this one. Man, was it good. I just read this one. Do they respond? No. Sometimes if you if you post that you have a, a blog or a review for one of their stories, they will retweet that so that uh, everyone okay. can, you sure. know, because you're promoting yeah, their stuff. Every now and then they, they tweet something, and most of the authors are on Twitter as well. Mm. You yeah. can find almost all the Black Ivory authors on Twitter, uh, and they seem to be quite engaged, most of them. So I am on 10. I'm at almost the halfway mark. Um, so I'm, oh, they're so good. They're so good. <laughs> Before the show started, folks, we were upstairs, and Chris, Chris, you had gotten here, and you, Chris, you, he was eating his dinner, and we were just talking about some of the stories, and it's just, I hate to be this big of a fanboy for stuff like this, but it's that good. I mean, it's not often you get a, a book series, and you can read, it helps that they have several different authors, because a lot of times, a one author writing this many books will start to run out of ideas. Oh yeah, but it, there's so much to explore. It's not just the authors with the ideas as well. GW are very. Uh, GW came to the authors at various points and said, "Look, um, we've always known that um, Fred has had this history. We've just never written it down anywhere." 
Uh, and so authors have been able to run with those as well. So the authors have been coming with ideas, GW have been coming with ideas, and then the authors chat about the ideas. So you've got brains working all the time on this stuff. That's cool. Which is why you can pump yeah. out a book every two months and it's still sure. quality. Um, I am very excited that I know you said you don't have time to read a lot, Chris, but mm-hmm. you have agreed to read Horace Rising. I'll, I'll, I'll check one out because hearing you guys talk about it and hype it up, uh, you know, it's intriguing. To say the at least. the end of the day, um, if you look at um, the later Black Library books, the, the latest Horace Heresy books that got released, they went to the top of the New York Times bestseller. You know, you can't keep doing that. Did it really? Uh, Gray McNeil's ones did, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. The, the last few uh, of them have yeah. all gone up there. You can't, it's got that you, many readers. You, you, yeah, you can't do that and, and not have quality yeah. in what you're reading. I mean, interesting. there's enough, yeah, there's the enough dedicated 40K yeah. players who will buy it and read it no matter what, mm. but to hit the New York Times bestseller list over and over again, it's got to be more people than just sure. that reading. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that. I've got a few friends who don't play but still read. Yeah. You know, th- huh. people move away from the hobbying side of it. They're still geeks. <laughs> they still love to read. And the well, funny speaks to the strength of the book. If they're still yes, reading it. Yeah. And yeah. if you've got friends who aren't in the hobby but are into sci-fi and you can get them to read like that first Horace book and they kind of know what a space marine is roughly, you can actually get them into the hobby because uh-huh. you read it's like, oh, I want to. I can play this to a degree. <laughs> yes. it's, uh, it's gateway media, right? Yeah. It's, it's get them hooked and then get them into the game. And it's good stuff. And I got the first ten, and as good long as stuff. you don't pass me up, you get good stuff, good stuff, <laughs> good stuff. Bad dice, bad dice, garage, garage, <laughs> garage, garage. <laughs> uh, but that's it for my reading. Um, yeah, that's all I've got so far. So, and did you? I know you. You didn't do any. And reading? Much, yeah. No, no reading for me. You've been work. You've been working overtime on the drawing, getting those. That that wasn't me. That was uh, Grimlock, the cave painting savage orc. Is that who? Did, yeah. Is that who painted up yeah, the he, garage he hammer the logo? logo? He did the logo. You'll have to talk to him. Okay. I, I reckon him and the um, master engineer might might get on. I think that yeah, they're about oh, uh, settling the old scores. Engineer, yeah, uh, I would not put the master engineer in a room with the <laughs> savage orc. I think something would go bad. But <laughs> oh, boy. No, and, and, and thanks so much to Daniel, who I found out is actually listening to the episodes now. But uh, Oh, the elf? Yeah, the GH elf. But uh, he, uh, he's he been working overtime to get the website up. And, folks, if you haven't had a chance, check out the new look of the website. Um, it's still a bit in progress. We're still tweaking and adding things, but uh, it's looking good. And uh, we're very excited for the, the new look. And... I'm actually really looking forward to around Halloween when some of the new the artwork new arts, comes in. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. The Christopher, the High Elf, and David the Dwarf are gone, but soon you will see Chris, David, and Harrison up as, on the as logo. New, in, in, as new in, characters. With, well, I'll be, I'll be new. You guys will be for the first time. Well, I, but you will have a new version. I'm going to get a new – I'm getting a new, a new drawing myself. N- new, uh, not nude. Let's be clear. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need for that. Nobody wants to see that. It did sound like you said nude for a second there. Well, I, I appreciate I you for clarifying. Clarify, yeah. Is uh, Harrison going to be in a dress, I assume? <sighs> I think... Uh, I think oh, uh, here we go. I think he's going to look a lot like Aletha Nar. If uh, no. I think... Is it? Yeah, I think he will look The Batman quite, of the Warhammer world. You got. I love yeah. him. He, just because of that. He's so oh. pissed off all the time. And... Uh, Chris and I will will be will remain in secret. We'll be revealed the reveal. time. People have already been posting stuff. For, they're already guessing. They're all. It's already. I could see, I could see your face on a squig. 
Oh, oh thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, David and Harrison as mangler squigs chained together. That would be ice. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, he'd yeah. be the little night goblin riding <laughs> on my back. <laughs> nice. People are already putting, oh, I can just see the rotting zombie. Oh, I can see you with a couple of fangs. For a bit. There's, the guesses are coming in. <laughs> and uh, Nope, sorry, no, no hints. This will be fun when it pops up. It's going to be good. Uh, this is a good time to maybe plug the artist who's been doing said art? Uh, yeah, Joan, Joan uh, Viatrek uh, is uh, the artist who's doing the work, and I will put up some information for her. I know she's got a, I think she's got a website. I know she's, she's an online portfolio. Uh, yeah, yeah, an online portfolio. She can look at her work. Um, I, I'm, she's really talented. Good stuff. She's got good she stuff, and I am going to, I'm going to talk to her. So guys, give me, give me till next episode, but many people have said I've gotten a few, not many, but I've gotten a few emails, and even Grant mentioned how much would it cost to get me as as, as, a, as a warrior, as chaos, a character yeah. of something, and so I'm going to check with her. I know her schedule is pretty booked. That's why we're you know we're going to be waiting until November for yeah. ours. But uh, um, she's in demand, and if she if we can get some, I'm certain you know. Hey, if you're willing, possibly to, if, something could be worked. If out. you're willing to purchase your you know a, a, your artwork, she's willing to to do the job. It's what yeah. she does. So. But uh, she's fantastic, and um, once we get the new artwork up, all of her information will be on our website under, like, near the sponsors page or something like that so that we can see, so that anyone can uh, get in touch with her and, and uh, get your get your own Warhammer icon. immortalized as a Warhammer icon. There you go. It could be a, a sliding scale on, on price, depending on what you want to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you're not prepared from, to pay very much. Starting yeah. from Snotling absolutely. all the way up to yeah, Bloodthirster. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I've only got so much. Oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a halberdier. It's not glamorous, though. Yeah, it's, it's mid-scale, you know. <laughs> yeah, and depending on how far you want to go, she can do it as elaborate or simple as you want. You can have a nice, cheap, you know, a little, I just need a, I don't have a lot of money, I have a halberdier, or... Or a night goblin that's eaten too many mushrooms. Hey, you know what? A mushroom if you want to be Horace, yeah. you know, hey, if you got 40K. There you go. Sorry, I couldn't resist that. All right, so let us let us move on then. Um, I've done no gaming since the slobber knocker. I've been getting things ready for Greg to come by so okay. he can actually crash down here and not be in the mess. And then we've got game night tomorrow, so I had to get all this picked up so we could do some gaming. So, Are you guys playing Warhammer tomorrow night? I don't know. I Greg obviously didn't bring an army. I mean, he could pick one of mine if he <laughs> sure. wants to play. But uh, I know Grant's and and uh, Luke are coming by, and they're bringing some of their War Machine stuff. Okay, Christopher's coming by with my copy of Blood Bowl Manager, and we got board games up there. If we get enough people, we can get a big old game of Settlers of Catan going. So I mean, cool. I just it's just going to be you know come by. Greg wants to meet the gang, play and some games, play some games, out. and hang out. Have a, have, I'm, I'm going to have chips and dip. Bring your own beer. Cause, well, and at the end of the day, I, you know, I don't want to school you boys up at Warhammer. Oh. You know. <laughs> it, it would be. Well, it depends, uh, on, what, it depends would be, on what kind of you know stifling comp you choose to play. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you might not be used whatever. to playing whatever you want. <laughs> um, I did I did throw out there, you know, I got ten armies. Make a list on Army Builder, and whatever I don't have, we can proxy. And, you know, so it... it you can play. You just cross the pond and beat up on on us colonials. Huh? It, it, it was quite funny. I said I was coming over, and a few guys have gone. You know, I'll just go over there and, and, and ruin their three units. <laughs> and, like and I was like, you know, hold on, I'm not going to say anything. Like <laughs> over there and ruin their three. That's kind of a funny insight into what they think we play. It is interesting. 
but it, it, it is it is part of I mean it's, it's a it's a heightened uh, kind of viewpoint but it's it's uncomfortable Warhammer it's three units <laughs> I don't know if it is though well or, I mean or, I, it, or, it, it can it be. be or go and stop there go and stop there don't let their thirty-man warrior unit touch anything. Just just run round <laughs> them with fast cav and things like right, that. And right, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's just the That's possible. Although we we locally play with you know of course uncomped, but we do have a lot of it's a chaff game for us. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, if, if Andy had time to drive down from Ohio, he could play you his twenty-four hundred point seventeen drop uh, orc and goblin orc list. list. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. It, with us, it almost has become. It, it, that's. I mean, it's. It's not always that way, but you get a lot of players who still they want to win the deployment phase by sure. having you know yeah. on a twenty four hundred point game. You know, so Greg, do you hate orcs because uh, of I'm what a warrior of chaos player? Ah, and um, that's Doom, a tough match. Doom divers kill everything. Rotlogs kill everything. Manglers. and then when you finally get to charge, you're charging. A thirty-five point unit, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, and with fanatics, yeah, with fanatics in a way, and then. Yeah, it just it's it's not unbeatable for for warriors, but but it's tough. It can be tough yeah. um, with that with that kind of matchup, particularly where it's got a lot of traff and a lot of war machines. You end up slogging your way across the board trying to do something, and by the time you get there, you've got nothing left yeah. to fight with. Three guys, unless, unless of course, unless of course they roll a bunch of animosity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, heads in, there are chances, and then blow up all their own machines. But, um, I, I've, I've won a few games against Orcs, but I've had many of those games where it's just, oh, here we go. Oh, look, the Doom Diver didn't miss. There's a right. shock. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. Oh, the Mangler Squig. Okay, yeah, that's that's not fun. That's no. why I think Orcs and Goblins are such a great matchup for Ogres, because there's just so much junk coming in the way, and then a so couple of good stuff. Mangler Squigs can really yeah. scare scare the pants off. Well, of it's, it's funny you mention that, because the one game I played since our Slobberknocker was... A three thousand point orc and goblin versus Grant's ogre. Oh, well, and well, uh, how did that go? It went pretty well. I won't go into too much detail about our list because we're sort of practicing for Screw City. You don't want to give away your list for Screw sure, City, right? But, exactly. Uh, but you I like the highlights of the, the major game, points. Now, I did show up a little late, but I did see this game play out, yeah. and this is one of those games where it seemed like every turn the pendulum, every. Everyone's turn. The pendulum was sort of swinging. The right. dice rolls were going hot and hot so the and initial furious. the initial pendulum swing on, on one flank. This is kind of the, the crux of the game. There's another thing that was interesting, but I'll talk about that later. My first phase, I ended up hand of gorking a giant about 28 inches behind his lines. Skills. Yeah, yeah. Six die <laughs> monkey, and so he had to decide. You know, does he take the charge or does he charge me? Well, he charged me, and to Grant's credit, he. Charge two combat units into one of my giants. One unit I thought he would charge with. The other one I didn't think he'd charge with, but he ended up charging with both. Wipe the giant with, you know, combat rise and everything. Because you're running the double giant list. I'm running the double giant list. Aren't there several people going to Screw City that are running a double giant there list? There may be. I mean, I've been, yeah. I'm just, I've been saying, but I thought that other people... When, when like, is Screw City in relation to handing lists in? The deadline for handing lists in is the end of August. Screw City is mid-September. Oh, cool. So, so you're just, you're just telling everyone to bring their cannons. If they choose to, <laughs> I'm not going to stop them. I'm committed to bringing this list. Fair so, play. I yeah, like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, even if they bring cannons, you know, they can kill maybe one giant to turn if they're lucky. Uh, I don't know. They'd have to roll a six for the wounds. No, absolutely. Right? So, <laughs> but that's that's the plan. So Hand of Gork is a, is a big part of my strategy, and I, that's what I did with, with this. So he killed the giant, overran. 
didn't overrun enough to get out of the way of the black orc block. Uh-huh. And that kind of... Then I was able to get into the flank of his general's unit at that point. So that was the one flank. And on the other side, we had we rolled up some random terrain, and we had what was called the Sorcerer's Portal. And this thing was throwing out random magic every every magic phase. So the possibilities were it could give out a Soul Blight, uh, Wizen's Wild Form, Plague of Rust, Speed of Light, or Fireball. So that's that's given out to... Sorry. Just every magic. every magic phase, yeah. one of those spells has randomly gone off. On to... The, the nearest the, enemy unit. The nearest yeah. enemy unit. Even if it, if it's a fireball, it doesn't matter if it's four feet or six feet away. As if it's the closest, that's, it gets yeah, that's quite fun. Yeah, so it was interesting. So I had a unit <laughs> of uh, five wolves that had been down, knocked down to two after dangerous train tests or whatever. So two wolves running around. It got hit by back-to-back soul blights. So minus one strength, minus one toughness stacked. So there are strength <laughs> one, toughness one goblins. Okay. I charged them into the flank of a saber tusk. They failed their fear check, so it was major slap fest. You know they're not going to do anything. Right. His saber tusk proceeded to miss all its attacks on the <laughs> goblins, and I, I broke it. You know I had the flank charge and a banner, broke the saber tusk. That panicked the nearby Mornfen unit, which fled off the table. And that was when Greg's like, "Okay, yeah, I think we're done." <laughs> <laughs> okay, played for and got. It was, a, it was a fun game. When I saw that, I was just shocked, though, because, first of all, I, I came in a little late, and I'm watching, I'm like, how come these Warnfang are just, like, they're right at the edge of your deployment, like, 12 inches up, and they haven't gone anywhere, and he's like, anywhere I go, that Mangler Squig, he had a Mangler Squig, and you do the math hammer, and a Mangler Squig on a unit of four Warnfang is probably going to take two of them damage. out. Yeah, and damage. so it's like, he didn't, he had nowhere to run, and he kept trying to get that damn... Saber tusk. Saber tusk there, but he couldn't march far enough because the guys were within eight inches. He failed his leadership, leadership four, four march check. Yeah. And then they charged into it, broke it. It was like, oh, that's just, that's so, that's that's got to be rough. That, you look yeah. at it going, that is so harsh. So it should be uh, interesting. If people out there alter their lists, you know, you know add cannons to take out the giants, <laughs> I, I'm willing to take that, but... I think karma will will balance out, oh, and they'll oh, get. Oh, it does. Yeah. I, the last time I used a giant, karma came back and saved me. On oh, that yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. He he <laughs> he took fireballs, halberdiers, um, everything to the face, and lost one wound for um, walking through a, a river that ended up hurting him somehow. Huh. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, he <laughs> yeah, no, they it can do that with giants. They they um, because they're rubbish. Um, they can they can sometimes get the luck. <laughs> right. Well, you know, my hope is if I run two of them, I can apply some pressure. They're kind of designed in my list to be shot at. So if they're Absolutely. taking fire, everything else is moving up. So. And if yeah. they don't, there's a giant. And right. the beauty of giants is you never know what <laughs> right. they're going to do. That's it. And against large targets... They're freaking brutal against single large targets. Yeah. Yes. yeah, against the ogre units and the 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 monstrous units, they're useless. Oh, uh, yeah. unless you can get a rear or a flank, then they have a better chance. They do, but they can unless they roll yell and ball. They're only hitting that one model. <laughs> that, that's okay. Even if they don't do any damage, they're it, still it, stubborn on a ton. Absolutely, so they, they'll they'll hold that yeah. unit in place yeah. you, for a turn. Oh, but okay for large tar- if it's actually listed as are but like Mornfang no. aren't listed as a large target. No, so no, they're they're good against Mornfang, but the problem is the attacks. A lot of them are 
one model. Yeah. Right. You'll kill maybe one more. So thing. yeah, and then can the more thing. Can you pick up a more thing and stick it in your pants? No, unfortunately you mean not. The giant? Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> I mean, they've even. <laughs> no, I meant you. I would say you didn't put oh, it in context, yeah. but. Uh, but <laughs> But, 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 yeah, you're right, though. The Mornfang return attacks will devastate yeah, the giant. Absolutely. Right, uh, right. I mean, I, I use the giant with my, with my warriors quite a lot in 7th. And I've used it a little bit in 8th where, where we've done different things. And um, they can be brilliant. And, and in some games you've just got to say, well, you ain't going to survive long. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you, you make the Three most points. Of, yeah, yeah. You, use, you change the way you use it. I mean, a, a, a number of times I've used it as a defensive measure to just say, if you come within that gap... Yeah. My giant's coming after you. And it's almost a, a 200-point piece of chaff. Yeah, yeah. You know, in, in some respects. Yeah. It's not always about what you kill with things. Right. It's about the effect you have on the game with things. That's it. That's it. Uh, the fact is, chaff doesn't have to be a cheap unit. It doesn't have to be, you know, a five-unit for a five-man unit of dogs sure. for 80 points or this or that or the other. I mean, I know people, I've heard people talk about how, you know, in their Warriors list, they have a 5 a five knight unit, and that's their chaff. Oh yeah, yeah. I think everything in your army really is uh, at disposable. Any, right? At any point in the game, if you if you can see an opportunity to give up uh, two hundred points of stuff to swing the game five hundred, six hundred points in your favor, you know, I'll yeah. take that all day. Absolutely, and that all comes down to each game individually. Any yeah. one point, uh, I'm going to put this unit in there, but it's going to allow me to control this aspect and this aspect then yeah. you're, you're up yeah I mean you just, you just got to understand what, how you're going to use your pieces and what they're for you don't want to throw the points away but if you can use that as chaff and it's another one of those things when you talk about it's like with the giant or you were talking about with your warriors unit if you're taking hell cannons mm. um, you know a hell cannon you know it may not hit with the shooting or it may surge forward it may not do a lot but one of the things it serves is the same thing as giant Everyone says, oh, crap, there's these two. I've got to take those out. And if they suddenly become the missile magnet and it lets the rest of your army just like... They've served their purpose. If they do any damage, it's a of I've got a horde of savage orcs and everyone's shooting at the giant when my savage orcs may have a six-up ward and that's it. It's good. Shoot the giant. Yes, shoot the giant. Let the 40 psychos get forward. Get in on skate. Exactly. Yeah, so that was my game against Grant. So I'm sure I'll play some more uh, warm-up uh, Screw City GT games, so we'll see how the list performs. Cool. Excellent. Uh, do you have any do you uh, have any games in lately? Um, I was at a tournament a couple of weeks ago at yep. the, um, uh, the Midlands Open. Oh, okay. Um, the infamous Midlands Open uh, <laughs> for various <laughs> reasons, which I won't go into. Um, actually, you're talking about a group of you taking um, Giants. Mm. We... Um, we had two submission dates on the same day for two separate tournaments a week after each other. Wow. And I was trying to, shall I go fun for one? Shall I go serious for one? What shall I do? And and it turned out the Midlands, I couldn't quite decide what to do within the pack. I was like, right, I'm tempted on double hell cannon because I'm a can <laughs> and it's win-loss draw. And actually, oh, who knows? And it got to the point where I went, you know what? I can't be bothered. And um, <laughs> my mate Dan Como, who is... Um, Takes plays Warriors as well. We've, we've all both played Warriors quite quite a lot, and uh, I was like, "What are you taking?" And he's like, "I'm taking the leadership bomb, mm. double Hell Cannon army." And I went, "Now nah, I've been tempted. 
I can't be bothered to write a list. Email me your list. I'll send it off. So we took exactly the same oh. list. <laughs> so we're every game, we're going back and forth to each other. What happened? What happened? What happened? Yeah. And I'm walking up to him going, Dan, your list is rubbish. Oh. <laughs> and he's going, <laughs> and then by the end of the tournament, he goes, no, I see what you mean. <laughs> and oh. uh, and it's, it's only because I played um, a few more games this year particularly with Warriors and tournaments yeah. I could see just, I was like I would have done this I would have done that he goes yeah I could see bits of it and you know but, but at the end of the day we took a double hell cannon le- minus one leadership level four death mage it's going to yeah. have bad match ups yeah, yeah true and, um, but that and, you know and paper it it, I could see it happening and, you know working for you in some, um, some yeah instances. I um, I ruined a hobby uh, uh, oh. <laughs> a dwarf player um, didn't quite understand uh, that his hammers were going to take a panic test on the leadership four first turn. Oh. Uh, luckily, he did realise that he had to move them forwards. Um, oh. So they didn't run off the board then, but they did run off the board later thanks oh. to the minus one leadership and pandemonium. Um, ah. Yeah, it was a... Delaying the inevitable there. Yeah, but um, it was fairly useless Ill. for the rest of it. <laughs> it is a good combo. <laughs> we, Grant has used that combo. We both, oh, yeah. we both finished... Yeah, I know Grant has used that combo. Well, me, me and Dan both finished proper mid position <laughs> which just shows that when you take a gimmick list <laughs> if you get I mean I played Demons game 5 and I was like oh you're having a laugh it's got it's got a great unclean one <laughs> and if yeah. I don't hit it dead on with a hell cannon I'm struggling <laughs> uh, in the end I purple sunned it but um skills but no it, it was great fun to do that to have that kind of we're taking and unfortunately oh, well we actually had a third player from our club there um, Silent Joe who um, was taking Chaos Dwarfs so he bought two Hell Cannons oh. and a level 4 Death Mage um, so we, we just went and if uh, another player Dave had, had realised what we were doing he would have bought double Hell Cannon level 4 Death as well, well it is themed absolutely yeah, yeah we, we were going to go as a club with just as many Hell Cannons as we could and we turned up there thinking you know I haven't seen a lot of double Hell Cannons around in the in the English scene a lot and we turned up and I reckon over half the Chaos Armies had double hell cannon oh, nice. <laughs> I was like we thought we were going to be slightly different <laughs> but it was really it was really fun but yeah I, that was good it does seem like themes are kind of uh, gaining momentum I, I, there was the one tournament recently where I think everyone took a um, Verminord Verminord that's same it same tournament same tournament Midlands okay. Open okay. yeah um, that, that that came Neil Peckett really, really pushed that one through by winning the tournament with a, a Verming Lord two years before. Um, That's awesome. We were, I was tempted to push. Um, I was actually talking to Ben Curry, uh, <laughs> outraged on the Daily Show when the other worst units in Warhammer that you could use for those kind of trophies wasn't the Warriors of Chaos Demon Prince because uh, <laughs> that was our other option that we all take a Warriors ah. of Chaos Demon Prince and see how long it can last. <laughs> Good theme. Not quite a strong, terrible, <laughs> yeah. terrible, terrible Lord choice, but um, yeah. So it was again that that tournament's got that kind of feel to it a little bit as well. That vermin Lord adds something to it, so yeah, something different. It was really fun. good. That was that was really good. I must admit. Nice. I and like then that. I played um, I played one friendly game, which ended up being uh, an ETC kind of practice. Get the rust out of his rings for one of our English players who plays at our club. Okay. Um, with. Double slan skinks, double double light magic, um, and I, I decided. I, I said I'll, I'll play one of the warriors lists from around the world. Had a flick through them, didn't like any of them. Um, thought I'll, I'll play with the Canadian list. Actually, it was a bit different. So that was quite fun for me playing because I haven't really played with the ETC style and the simple line of sight and everything else. And then 
playing a list designed specifically to do one thing and trying to work out although it's got a you know I can look at it and work out a good idea they've obviously played that list or, or variations of and know right. what they're doing with it and me trying to work out what they were thinking with the list was quite interesting and um I should have lost by more than I did. I think we drew in the end, but um, a double one break test saved me. Oh. <laughs> Skills. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ruled when I rolled. One of those few moments when, when you catch a guy out like that and I um, he moved both lands out by himself. Uh, by themselves. And there was nothing I could really do except maybe a gateway on them. And um, I flew my wizard round and went, yeah, I'm stealing all your spells. And I'm within 12 inches of both your slan, and I'm casting Banishment. Uh, oh. I understand, at plus two strength. He's uh, oh. <laughs> like, didn't realise it worked on non-friendly. I was like, I oh, know it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't work. But it was a nice, <laughs> nice idea while nice I was trying it. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, I never got to do this before. I keep meaning to try and play this, and it didn't, yeah, didn't work. Well, you have to re-roll his successful ward saves. As well, yeah. yeah. Nice. So it's like strength, you know, whatever it is, seven, and then re-rolling successful yeah. ward saves. I see, I see the logic there nice. but um, yeah it's a uh, love third eye of Zinch it's the one thing I really in New Warriors book you can do what you want with it and I've you know I've heard various things and whatever just as long as it feels good and I really want them to keep the third eye of third Zinch eye. I hate that third eye that's when I hope they kind of keep too though because it is kind of it's it's, it's it's a cool thing that only it is chaotic got. I do yeah, like it's it chaotic, it's chaotic and it's not overpowered because if you don't like the spell don't pick it Right. Yeah. You know, I'm not. I've had people go, "Oh, I can't believe you're casting Scorch at me," and right. I'm like, "Well, it's your spell. You're <laughs> yeah. casting it at me every turn. See how you yeah? like it, yeah. exactly." And I'm like, oh, "I can't believe you're doing this," and I'm like, "Well, you know, I've I've seen I've seen the old Orc book. Um, I saw Ben Johnson actually playing, and a Warriors player go, right, move forward, magic, right, I'm going to steal your Orc spell and cast War. Yeah. <laughs> and and Ben went, "No, you're not." And he went, "Yes, I am." He goes, "No, you're not." When you say I'm, I said, no, my wizard's here, hidden by himself, ah. behind impassable terrain that you couldn't see through. And he went, that's how you stop someone stealing your yeah. spells. Yeah. Yeah, there are ways around <laughs> it, but no one ever does it. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, that's it. I, I haven't played a huge amount apart from a tournament. But <laughs> I've played from a tournament and some friendly games. Yeah, I don't, I've played nothing. I've played nothing. <laughs> well, we'll have to get another uh, a rematch or, or something. Yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, a lot of people have been sending in. I when I asked for uh, different scenario examples, and I just you know what I've been using the little red book for so long that I totally forgot. There's a bunch in the back of the big red book. You so, know, I knew they were there, but I never really uh, took a look at them. Read them seriously. It, it would be interesting as well to get online and have a look, try and find some of the old type of scenarios. Although they were seventh edition scenarios, that you know, if you're doing just a one-off game with a storytelling arc. You can do what you want. Sure. You can you can play those things. There's a lot of really cool. I mean, that's what GW do, isn't it? The storytelling. Yeah, yeah. There's there's all yeah. kinds of stuff exactly. available. Exactly. And I I do have Blood in the Badlands, which has tons of ideas in there too. It's a so. cracking book. I love that book. Mm. I really do. I was laughing with Greg though. I was kicking myself. I'm sitting there with five minutes talking with Phil Kelly about all this. Uh, you know this. You know the, how he plays in the garage and mm-hmm. how he's had a year long campaign doing all this he storytelling. Plays in a garage. In a garage, sorry, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, I had Phil Kelly there, and I was like, and he probably couldn't have answered, but I just I, I should have asked him, um, you know the, the the questions we've had for the uh, 
The VC. The VC book. Yeah. I was standing uh, next to Bill Kelly. Hey, wait a minute. Does this when this is fly for the for the black coach? Did you mean hover? I mean, just like can it march when it flies? I know most people say no, but I'm curious. Or you know, the Warriors of Chaos book says the lore attribute is not an actual part of the spell, so it, these things work either way. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, when I use my lore attribute, can I use it on other characters? Are they considered part of that any friendly model? So you had them right there in person. I had them right there, and you I was so think to ask. Well, it was cool because I just I just wanted to say hello. Honestly, just wanted to say hello. <laughs> Hey, you, you I like your stuff. The big paper. Okay, now that I have you here, the, sh- the good thing is questions. you weren't let down by him not answering. <laughs> uh, you know True. what? But here's the thing, and it was one of those things where if he couldn't answer, I mean, he wrote the book, he knew the answer, but if he couldn't answer, then he'd be like, "Hey, you know what? There's a lot of us in the over here in the Midwest in the U.S. that this is a question. Just please make sure it winds up in the FAQ, because you know how often you read an FAQ and you're like, "Wait, they didn't answer my question. It's, right. it's not in here." I could have at least said that to him, and I, I said it's. I just well, next time you have to go next time. Next, yeah. yeah, you can put out next a, time I go hang out with Phil. I'll yeah, be sure to yeah. ask. You could put out a shout to the tools that might be at UK Games Day at the end of September if they the see tools. Phil. the Garage Hammer tools, the Garage Hammer tools, <sighs> all the tools in the garage. I, I still don't know how that's going to fly. It just, oh man, how, how can it? How can it go wrong? Okay. So where are we at? I don't know. We got. I got End lost. Gaming. Gaming. Oh, yeah. we finished. We, uh, I mean, finished yeah. yeah. So we finished gaming. the garage manager section. Quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about some narrative gaming and campaign gaming. Hi, David, Chris, and the Phoenix Prince. It's Stuart Alexander here, or Scaly, as I'm known on the forums. I just wanted to say you guys are doing an awesome job and it makes my drive to work a heck of a lot more enjoyable. I'm calling about a tournament coming up in the in my part of the world called Mother of All Battles, or MOAB for short. It's on the October long weekend, which actually starts on September 29th, and it's in sunny Sylvania Heights, Sydney, Australia. Expect plenty of vampire counts to be there. The first day is a three-round battle line doubles tournament, the second and third day is a five-round, 2,800-point singles event with a variety of scenarios. Registrations are still open on the website. I could give you the URL, but it's easier just to Google Moab 2012. That's Moab without an E. I'll be taking my Lisman to the doubles event, but at this stage I don't have a partner. If there's anyone you know who will be over here in September, October and wants to join me, then they can hit me up on the forum. I'll even shout them lunch. So thanks again, guys. I tried calling voicemail. However, I don't think work liked me ringing an overseas number. Go figure. Thanks. If a game is only as good as the person who plays it, then the best games can be found at Unique Gifts and Games, collectible and classic card games, board games, RPGs, tabletop miniatures, hobby tools, and more all found within. And so is an amazing community of fellow gamers, as well as dedicated gaming tables, terrain, and a library of open games to try. It's also your source for Unseen Lurker, the independent tabletop wargaming magazine. Stop by for Warhammer Fantasy Mondays, 40K Tuesdays, and War Machine Wednesdays. Demos and tournaments are alive and well at UGG. Check their website at uniqueugg.com for their calendar of events or call 847-548-8270. Don't forget about the rewards program, their convenient location in downtown Grays Lake, Illinois, and their friendly staff. Unique gifts and games. Great gamers mean great gaming.
We are back. We are back. So um, before we get to talking about narrative gaming and, and campaign gaming, I wanted to talk for a minute, uh, remind people about Extra Life. Uh, Christopher and I are on Team Cranky. And for those of you who haven't been listening to any podcasts because it's been on everywhere, it's a full core press media. I think blitz. Curry joined Team Camp, Team Cranky, because Cranky was on the Daily Show this week. Mm. But basically, twenty-four hours of gaming started off as just video gaming. Twenty-four hour gaming marathon. We we stay up and game for twenty-four hours straight, and you donate money to us at the extra life. Just go to extralife.org and you can find it. Um, look up Team Cranky, and all of us are listed there. And basically, uh, we each picked a children's hospital, network hospital. If you donate, all of the money is going to that. Okay. We've all gotten a couple of donations. It's not till we're playing on October 20th. And we're... Now, I have talked to Kathleen at UGG, okay. uh, our local game store here in Grays Lake, Illinois. And she has agreed the store opens at 11 o'clock Saturday. And uh, she will keep it open. It was supposed to open. It opens, I think, at 11 o'clock Sunday, but she will keep it open for straight 24 hours. Is she going to be on premises? Uh, somebody who works there is going to be on premises because wow. they ain't going to leave that's me behind uh, the counter. That's a huge commitment on their end. Cause and Friday nights, they stay open till midnight, 1 o'clock anyway with the magic okay. people. So I just basically sort of begged and pleaded, and they are our sponsor, and they're our local game store, and uh, we need a place to play. Yeah. And it is for charity. It's for the kids. So it's for, it is. It's literally for the kids. I mean, I'm. I, it's children's uh, children's memorial in yeah. down, downtown. Yeah, yeah. That's who I'm. That's who I'm donating to. Okay. Very so, good. but here's what Christopher and I are doing. And this was uh, John McCarthy, who was a friend of the show, uh, sent me an email and said, you know, if you're trying to raise funds for this and you're going to be at UGG for 24 hours, we are tentatively going to be starting on the 20th of October at 11 a.m. at UGG playing. All the way through till 11 a.m. on the 21st. Now, Christopher and I have to be there the whole 24 hours. We're both part of Team Cranky. I am hoping that our other gamer friends will show up at various times to play. But what we're doing is we are literally blocking out our day into eight three-hour segments. If you donate to us and not to the show, I mean, we're not getting the money. If you donate to Extra Life, $25 or more. Send us an email, and I'm going to keep a track of it on the forum. I'm going to keep a list of it, where it's at, where we are with Extra Life. But you can block out a three-hour block. Name your game. You want to play Warhammer? We'll play. You want to play War Machine? We'll play. You want to play Malifaux? We'll play. You want to play a board game? We'll play. So if I want to sponsor $25 to have you and Christopher play Twister, I can do that? Uh, well, okay. <laughs> if you're the sponsor, then you'd be playing me. You're 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 basically booking time to play whatever you want with me. But if you did twenty five dollars, oh, so if you want to play twenty five dollars for each, you'd be playing Twister with both of them. Yes, hypothetically, hypothetically. if someone chose to do that, Indeed. they could. Um, and so, but that's the plan. Is, and if we have nobody booked for that time, we'll play. You know, uh, whatever. But and we're hoping to get some of our friends down there to play too. So it's not just me and Chris in the store at three in the morning by ourselves. Sure. I mean, I'll play Warhammer against Chris. I don't care. I'll play if it's just me and Chris. Me and Chris are going to play Warhammer for twenty four hours against each other. Not bad, and that's cool too. But we, we, I really want to raise. I've got so far. I've got I think seventy five dollars, and it's my mother in law and my sister who donated. So I'd like to get. <laughs> so if you have ever, you know, you want to play, 
And if anyone else, you know, there might be, a, you know, come down anyway. You don't have to only come down for three hours. You book us from, you know, two to five on Saturday. And if you're down there playing, maybe they get a game against you. I mean, you might come down hopefully for a little while just to I play. Can, I can come by. I, I, I know you can't stay for 24 hours. Yeah, but no, if 24 you can hours. Go, but. Grant might be there. Luke's definitely. I, I'm almost positive Luke will come down for a few hours because he's going to want to play some War Machine against me. Um, so you know, it'll be really tricky, uh, you know, the, the graveyard hours, you know. Midnight to three, you know th- those those spots will be tricky to fill. They'll be tricky to fill, but maybe people will be there. Or hey, I know people who work the night shift. Yeah. They work from three to eleven. They get off at midnight. Hey, you know what? I'll sleep. I'll work the graveyard shift. I'll come and play you from, okay. you know, from uh, two two a.m. to five a.m. I'm going to be there playing. And hey, honestly, two to five a.m. That's when I'm going to be in slap happy mode. It's going to be an easy victory against. <laughs> did I just move those guys the in a circle? <laughs> yes, you did. Okay, you win. You know, um, nice. I mean, I'll play anything. Uh, seriously, Jenga, Mouse Trap. I don't give a crap. Mouse trap. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to, it's. I'm. I just want to raise as Tom much Russell. money for. I want to raise as much money for charity as possible for the kids, and I want to raise more than Andy raises. <laughs> Oh, yes. that, that's okay. Now it makes sense. No, I'm just teasing Andy, but you know me and Andy. We got a friendly rivalry between me and Andy Sherman. It's okay. everything we play. It's always a friendly rivalry. You know, he thinks Empire's awesome. Now, have like you guys played a Warhammer game? I don't think we've ever played against well, each other. They should, should settle all trash talk. Well, uh, I mean, he lives game. in Ohio. If he's yeah, willing, that's to fine. D- well, he comes out for Adepticon and whatever. Uh, so. Hey, I'll put it out there right now, Andy. If you can take the time off and come down and play your 24 hours of extra life at UGG. We'd we'd love to have you here, yeah. you know that, and I'll I'll as long as I don't book up all my time, I'll play against him. I don't care if you can pencil him in. Sure. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm I'm going to bring my VC, and as long as he doesn't mind playing against Ethereal Cal- <laughs> Calvary, then we're fine. That's that we're good. <laughs> uh. Wait a minute. Nicely done. <laughs> Shots have been fired. <laughs> Shots have been fired. <laughs> the first round is gone. All headed towards Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, once, once they've, once we listen to Americans going to Ethereal, Ethereal Calvary, is just a step further. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have an exotic accent for uh, you know. Yeah, that's one <laughs> way of putting it. <laughs> you with, you with your sandwiches or? So I, ha- I had a beef sa- I had a beef sandwich yesterday. I took him Sang- to oh, I took him to Portillo's. Yeah. <laughs> no, we went to Portillo's and he got himself a big beef sandwich and a piece of chocolate cake. Nice. That'll be dumb. I got a hot dog and some sausages. The, the Italian beef? Yeah. That's a great sandwich. <laughs> it's Portillo's. It's a good it sandwich. It's a good sandwich. Yeah. sandwich. Very nice. <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> Sandwiches. All right, so. All right, so. Um, okay. And one of the reasons I wanted to have this be the topic, and I really kind of got two bits of inspiration, which was someone actually sent an email and saying, when we announced the 4K slobber knocker, they're like, they're like, you're getting back to your roots. You've kind of, you know, since we started this, I went Going from back never, to the garage. Well, yeah, back to the garage because I never see what you did there. <laughs> I never played tournaments at all. Yeah, and then once we started doing the show, people said, "Oh, you got to come to this tournament. You got to come and meet this friend. Right. You got to come out with us to tournaments." And we have a lot of episodes have been. Tournament centric, which was not is not necessarily the focus of this it's show. Not like the others. mandate of Garage Hammer, right? And they're like, "Oh, we we're like to see you getting back to hobby gaming." And uh, I'm reading the 40k book, and every third page is uh, 
what does it say? The storytelling, uh, yeah, narrative. Yeah, yeah, advancing yeah. the narrative, yeah. or you know, ma- making sure you know, making sure that it's a story, and it, 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 right. every third or fourth page is a little box on you know, advancing the narrative. And I was like, you know, let's let's talk about that. I mean, we play a campaign game. Uh, we play Mighty Empires. Mighty Empires. Yep. And, We've had, uh, what, three seasons? <laughs> Once Chris and Grant get that game and we'll have played three Someday, seasons. yeah, they'll finish that. <laughs> Everything hinges on Grant and Chris's game. Yes. If Grant wins big against Chris... Grant wins. He wins the tournament. If he wins small or loses to Chris, I win you the win the tournament. Right, so the, the fate of millions really rests on <laughs> the, this game. The fate of the Warhammer world yeah. rests on... I could on just the... hear everyone hushing. That's it, yeah. Just an intake of breath, waiting. <laughs> a hush is all you hear is the dice cup shaking and the dice rolling As across the table. destinies are being decided. I mean, we started off Mighty Empires with a pretty... I mean, it wasn't the basic rules, because uh, Mighty Empires is really... And I rarely ever look at the rules anymore. Let me just say, uh, you know, I, I attend a fair number of tournaments, uh-huh. but I think the campaign is really where Warhammer excels. Oh, I'm... My my personal belief is again, um, GW the last, well, this edition, um, even and and all the extra stuff they put into the magazine at the moment, they've gone right. Privateer Press are making a tournament game, Mantic are making a tournament game, Malifaux have made a tournament game. Ours is all about the story, and they've they've accentuated that over and over the last few years, and no one comes close for that. None at all. I agree with you 100%. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's, that's the piece of resistance. They know that's what they've got, and they, they that's what they sell. And that's what the and that's what the guys who work there play, because I remember, and all hail the Kelly, I'm saying, you know, <laughs> but he did, you know, that they play in his garage, and they play. <laughs> they always have done. If you listen to Jervis talk, it was always campaign. You look back through really old white dwarfs, you know, Necromunda, they... Um, they had a campaign <laughs> based on the streets around Nottingham. It was oh, named, named yeah, after great. the streets of Nottingham. You know, that ran for a series in White Dwarf of going through what's happened in the campaign. It was always, you only have to look at the specialist games. Blood Bowl is made to be played as a campaign. Season, Necromunda, yeah. Mordheim are all Mordheim, made yeah. to be played as a progressive campaign. Um, and every book they've got, even Battlefleet Gothic, has rules for progressing, mm. for gaining skills. That's really where their heart lies. And, and, and I really... I, I love it. I really mm. love it. It's really where my heart lies with this game, too. And um, our third season of Mighty Empires looks nothing like our first season. Everyone is different, yeah. Yeah, because we always, you, oh, man, this just wasn't working well. We need to add this in. And, you know, because we tried to turn it into this six-turn campaign with a definite winner and rules for expansion and stuff. And, you know, Christopher and I, we just we've got that in our heads. We just we love. What if we threw this in? Tinker it and improve it. Uh, yeah, no, I can see that. The only, the only change that I wasn't a hundred percent on board with on this final, this latest season, what yeah. was the, the map was so big. There was plenty of real estate for everyone to take. Well, when we yeah. started, you have to have limited real estate and really make people fight. You know, when we started, we had resources. We had twelve players, and on that board with twelve players, everyone could get. I think six tiles or seven tiles before there was no room left on the board. Well, it, the map got bigger map. and we lost players, so it was a yeah. double whammy there. <laughs> right. I mean, I think that the map was not a bad size if we would have kept all 12 players. Possibly. I guess we'll never know. Because once we got down to eight players, those, those 
once a third of the empires stopped expanding at three tiles, right? There was plenty of room to move out. But uh, you know, but yeah, I think, it, and that's not a bad idea. Keeping the board a little smaller, but this is one of the fun things is tweaking. Sure. Yeah. Um, the biggest problem we had was that the person in second place almost never had a chance to get to first place, and we've talked about this before. Yeah. Because the guy with the smallest empire makes the challenges. And everyone's always trying to knock down the, the guy in first. And by the time it gets to the guy in second, he's either been challenged or he had it. He has no say in the matter. So we threw in rules um, basically that would allow you to break the chain of of who gets to challenge when. Uh, we threw in something called preemptive strike, mm-hmm. which if you had that and, uh, you know, somebody challenged the guy you wanted to challenge, you said, uh, uh, nope, nope, I've got preemptive strike. He's mine. You got to pick somebody else. So then nobody knows who you're going to strike, and you may just not want anyone to strike you. So you pick it and don't use it. Well, it's a little different in that we had a dedicated person, you, David, running the campaign, playing the game, not a player. Well, that and that became another facet of the game. I was I was playing a game all on my own, watching what you guys were doing, compiling it, putting it out there, and every time at the end of the turn, I did write a bit of a narrative as to what was right. happening, and that was so much fun for me. That's was one of the important things with any kind of campaign is how you're gonna, are you can you let the rules run the campaign or do you need that person to run the rules of the campaign and, and, we, you, and we, we, it all yeah. depends on your group how detailed it is what you want from it and those are things that need to be organised beforehand. Yeah, you needed someone to run this because with the especially we then we threw in the other rule of bribery, which right. was. You you earn you you know you earn gold from your tiles and from your mines and all this stuff, and bribery was you have to throw in at least fifty gold minimum to try to bribe the judge, which was me. Um, everybody could throw in their bribes. The biggest bribe you'd lost your money no matter what. Biggest bribe got the call, and then they could challenge anybody. Um, unless you rolled up fame, infamy, and that was like, and the one thing that could stop it was on the random chart, which was right. like, if you rolled fame, infamy, you were infamous for a reason. And even the guy who wanted to stab you in the back and sneak up and bribe his way in was too afraid to come after you. And it was, uh, you know, there was always a check and a balance. Something worked, something didn't. Now, do you did you honestly have the same or more amount of fun as you would have if you had played? Because okay. if you're playing the game master, and I definitely appreciate what you had done, but it seems like a lot of logistic work, organizing. Well, here's the if thing: if you don't get to play, it's almost uh, okay. You organized and ran Blood in the Sun, right? It was it was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Though it was in a different way. But it's yeah, a, it's a different type okay. of fun. Yes, right, I, would, I, gotcha. I would love a chance to sit down and play a game. But I was also the guy who, when people couldn't make it, I did play a couple games because I had to play the Ringer. Sure, if someone couldn't make it. And kind of sitting back, and with that fog of war, with not seeing the board, with everybody sending in their orders, like the old game diplomacy, and it's so much fun when the first guy sends in his orders, and I'm, I can't tell anybody what anyone else is right. doing, but I'm watching the game unfold in a, from from behind the scenes where you can't you can see what people are thinking, and, and I'm watching, and I'm sitting there going, "Oh, I wonder if he's going to do this because if he does this on the board, this could right. really." And then you guys start talking amongst yourselves. Oh my God, we need to do this and block off that path right. for this guy. And I'm watching it unfold, and then it's it's almost like, you know, because when I rolled out, here's it is, here's the challenges, here's who won the bribe, here's who's this. And it was like, oh, this, you know, and you get stuff from people, oh, my God, oh, so it's us again? Oh, how did you, right. you, you, 
or I mean, Noble, I can't believe you did this to me. Hey, you're the one who bribed and challenged me. What are you right, complaining right. about? Watching the narrative unfold, which is something we never get in one-off games in a tournament, was so satisfying to see it happen. I loved it. Well, there's a, a direct correlation between that and games mastering and an RPG. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. it's, it's exactly the same system. You you are the facilitator of what is going on, um, and you know how many RPGs play around the world. How many GMs are there? You know, some people enjoy it. Some people really don't enjoy it. And you need to have at least one person in your group, hopefully more than one, so they can share it around. Right. That that is prepared to do that. Um, and and get enjoyment out of that. And also for the players to respect that as well, which it sounds like you guys do, which which is going to keep allow that to keep going. Um, yeah, that's a good angle. I never considered that. I'm good telling you, it's really if you like the narrative story, and you and I like to write, and I would get to sit down and you know, and one of the things was they all picked armies, and I'm just I'm talking directly to Greg now, but I I named I kind of gave them all names because nobody was picking a they, yeah. they had the army, but I mean he was he was. You know the wah, so it was in a, he called it badonka dunk. So <laughs> he was, you know, it was the wah badonka, and you know, handsome man Grant Fetter was playing his Skaven army, so he became the handsome rat Skaven lord. Yeah. Harrison was obviously stayed the Phoenix Prince. Um, you know, then we had you know, you know, tyrant John and 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 Beast Lord uh, Ryan, Ryan and just, yeah. r- no, it was Beast Lord Rygor. You know, Rygor. Just, and, uh-huh. I just, and I just and nobody seemed to mind and. I was having fun. I actually would report at the end of a round if there were bribes. Yeah, what I bought for myself with the bribes. It's like <laughs> excellent. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah no, oh, it was like a Cathian money yeah. lender. And so I was like, oh, I bought myself this. I've got a few bodyguards now. I've got some nicer shoes. <laughs> and I was just like, all the crap I was buying with all the gold you were dumping my way. It was like I started off as sort of a poor judge, and by the end of it, I was looking pretty good too. And it was just just writing up crap like that was so much fun and then you guys would go in on the forum you tried to not just say oh, i won by this much you know well, you created the, the forces took the story. field and yeah. you told Absolutely. your battle report as a yeah. story it's i mean it's the same for us we haven't done a, a warhammer campaign uh, well one started up and whatever happened to it but we've got blood bowl and we've got necromunda and every blood bowl game there's a little bit of a story you know there's a small yeah. description it's exactly the same process but it, it adds that element to the games it, it makes the games that much more kind of sparks so your imagination you've even got too. a guy who who writes up as if he's the announcer right you know yeah. coming in for the weekly kind of mm. monday night football and, and mm. that kind of thing do either of you listen to three die block yes okay what i would love our turn by turn uh oh. game reports and i know you don't listen <laughs> to yeah, them. i haven't heard they're it a blood bowl podcast yeah. Go in and find when they actually have the Blood Bowl. They record it, and the two hosts, they have sound effects in the back of Christ. And it's like a two-hour podcast where they're sitting there, and they're announcing it like you're watching a game. Yeah. And it's a two-hour, and, and they have a halftime break, and they interview the coaches. And, uh, you know, they don't have re-rolls. They call out the, uh, what do they call it? You know, probability wizard. The, the probability wizard comes yeah. out and takes another shot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Another sh- <laughs> I like that. And and that's but catchy. they do they, they they roll and you know the one guy you know the 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 guy's running a minotaur and he rolls for his thing where the wild beast takes over and, and the coach is calling in the orders from the sidelines. Oh, and he's looking at the stars. He's not. And they they're calling it like hmm. an actual sporting event. 
So do you it, want to call a, an it's actual brilliant. game from the <laughs> point of view from the generals? I would love to see almost like like a news reporter, and and uh, and they're marching. You know, <laughs> the, the, these units have these units have moved in. The, the, and, oh, and the carnage, and do you see? Oh, the, the, they're dropping. It, it would be much harder to do as a warhammer. But it all, it, all, it all makes the game transcend from a, a game of tabletop toys to a story. Exactly. And, and that's what. And, that, an, and an the story is exciting. Okay, okay. One of these days when you're at home, go <laughs> onto iTunes, find 3 Die block. block. Just listen to how they do it. It will totally inspire you to. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it was, it's, it's a brilliant uh, way to bring it off on the radio. And it was, it was. I honestly felt like I was listening to someone call a football game. Except. It was Blood Bowl. It was just fantastic. So, but um, and th- that can be that that kind of narrative that you've you've talked about there. You play a Mighty Empires campaign, which has a set of rules, which works to a set system, um, and you can still narrate that without it being a narrative campaign. Yes, which is a, a kind of a separate matter. Yes, so you, you've got that in everything you do. I mean. And and we've we've done that. We have narrated it out. I mean, the story as people are growing their empires, you're keeping that in. Ch- oh, and then John did a uh, John did um, um, an invasion challenge right. against Ryan, and it was like, ooh, sudden. And I was just waiting to write that up because yeah, it's just yeah. like, let's see what happens. You there. know, what, a, a funny underlying theme that has developed is that Ryan, the Beastman player, we played one time. Uh, not this pre- this campaign, but two campaigns ago. Yeah, the first campaign, yeah. Was it the first one? Well, that if it's two campaigns, we've only had three. So well, was, I think it was the second one. Whichever okay. one it was, I ended up winning that game. It was a close game, but I won that one. He has been out for blood. <laughs> oh, he has played me, but for whatever reason, due to challenges or whatever, it just has not worked out. So oh, he yeah. is aching to play <laughs> his Beastman versus my Orcs. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't happened. <laughs> it's 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 amazing how when you add a story in. The story makes itself right. half the time. Yeah. I, I had ne- in, uh, in Necromunda, I had a spire gang. Oh, filth. <laughs> uh, they are filth. And um, my, my leader of the gang ended up getting a head wound and becoming frenzied or or um, stupid every game. <sighs> but it just so happened the way we were running our campaign, I was I was picking my battles like like I knew what was going on. So all of a sudden, my leader with this head wound who was going slightly mad, slightly stupid, slightly frenzied was suddenly making all the right decisions. Uh, so you've got a character developed completely developed himself and everyone's yeah. like, What's going on with this guy? You know, he's he's not normal. You know, we're gonna follow him because he's making right decisions, but we don't know why he's making them <laughs> because he's mental. <laughs> you know? And all of a sudden you've got my, my gang took on a, a story Life without without me having yeah. to write anything. It yeah. just happened. That's that's great. I mean I love playing a good game of Warhammer, but it's just like I mean how many stories like your last game, that's the last turn. That uh, Saber Tusk breaks and makes the Mornfang run, which I still think is the secondary story to the Mornfang never moved forward to charge anybody because you had a Mangler Squig stalking them. Right. And he just wasn't about to even try to run through it and take it off the table because by the math with that it, on, that extra D6 of damage on top of it, too much damage, he'd have lost sure. half of them. And it becomes this one 65-point Mangler Squig yeah. kept for uh, a Mornfang out of the game. Until oh, a saber tusk was able to panic them off. Manglers the are really movement control. Right? Absolutely, no, yeah. No, no. yeah. <laughs> I think it was so funny because Grant's like, "Oh, I don't know what to do." I'm like, oh, "I would just summon up five zombies and get rid of it." And you oh. gave me, a, you both gave me a look like you asked. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet, you. <laughs> 
Well, speaking of um, the narrative games, I think there was someone that tweeted, I think, uh, a suggestion that we look into the narrative scenarios on the back of the, the book. The, yeah, and uh, you had looked them up, Greg, today I, while I, I was... I had a brief look, yeah, <laughs> while, while you I were had a, busy. I, busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, just, I was just having a look. I mean, the book, they, they've always been there in both the books, and it's amazing how quickly you forget about all these oh, scenarios. Oh, the seventh head book. We yeah, can look you, in that one, too. Ha- sure. You can have ones in there you can adapt. Um, and it's just... Some of them are just slightly different mission objectives. That's, yep. that's all they are. Some of them are, well, you've got half the points of your opponent, but you've just got to do this one task. Hold or this building or, or see how many you can get off the other end of the table. Yep. Even in the old Storm of Magic book, actually written into the army rules for the chaos, was Archaeon's Legion, where your opponent got... You had double the points of your opponent, and they had to see how long they lasted. Right, and right. the whole point was, how many turns or whatever it is they lasted was the victory conditions. You I've know. seen one like that where um, every time you lose a unit, like you're sieging here, and the whole point is how long can you... And the, the, the object was to play two games yeah. and to switch sides, but every time you wiped one of my invader units out, they just went into reserves and came back in off the end of the board. I never ran out of troops... The game was how long could you hold out? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how good the, the could longer you play? it lasts, the more yeah, the better you did, and the then you actually have to play is. two games because the winner is the guy who could hold out the longest. And right. The brilliant things with those because they're not fair scenarios. I mean, that there's n- there's no attempt in them to be fair in in half of them, <laughs> right? You know? And and they say that you know, um, but they are perfect if your 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 mighty empires campaign runs a certain amount of time with the rules in play. Blah 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 blah. Brilliant for what it is mm-hmm. however you can just run Dave we're going to play five games first game's going to affect the second game's going to affect the third game's going to affect the fourth game's going to affect the fifth game well that's the, 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 the Tamarcon the Tamarcon yeah. uh, campaign it's, this, it's six six games and and they can be they can be f- they can be set in place before you start playing they can be fluid as you find out what the result was mm-hmm. uh, you, you know there's so much you can do within that a lot of those some of those scenarios are, are set up to One's an aggressor, one's a defender. Yeah. Yep. So the winner of that first game becomes the aggressor in the second. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. You could literally have a pile if you're going to play six games. After the first game, you got a pile of five winner tickets and a pile of five loser yep. tickets. And you're just, uh, I lost. What's the penalty I'm going to take? I won. Yep. What's the uh, bonus absolutely. I get? I mean, it can be that simple. Uh, I've seen the ones that are set out. The tree. The tree. You start with one game. Um, you know uh, what was the result? This result splits off into these possible options. Yep. This result splits off into these possible options, and you've got five or six, seven ways to to finish a campaign. That uh, that, the, but the only problem I have with that is once you start branching into a tree, uh, what you wind up getting is okay. First game now there's two options, but then you have to write four options for the next game, win or lose. I mean, yeah. you could try to intermingle you've them got, back. You've got plenty of options in the book. Yep, and they don't have to be. They could just be. You know, um, chaos won the first game. Um, there could be, down the line, there could be the same scenario, but if Chaos won the first game, Chaos are attackers in that game. Right. If the Empire won the first game, then the Empires get to be attacker in that right. game. Right. There's, there's lots of things you can do, and it's all down to you to really use the resources that are available. All the resources are there if, you, if you're prepared to look at them and, and play with them. Well, and uh, on our forums, if you go under the different gaming clubs and leagues, there's a guy who's Rain Dogs Ordo Fanaticus. Right. And he starts off with a league, and you have 750 points, and he does increase it slowly. He wants you to get your painting a little more every time. 
he's just constantly throwing in just different stuff and just keeps every game. It's like, okay, here's the new scenario, and it's just it's kind of like what you were reading when we read Jerry's thing from yeah. the Cobra Kai. It's brilliant. I'm sorry, what you're saying? Yeah, was, one of the scenarios that uh, really caught my eye was a, a scenario that has provisions for three to five players. Oh, excellent. Somebody yeah, tweeted we crazy. should try that. They're like, yeah. they go, you two should play with, you know, bring Harrison into it. Yeah, get Grant. Play a three-player game and yeah. just, yeah, go at it. Yeah, that would be we've, fun. We've got enough tables where we can make a bigger board. <laughs> You know? That'd be a lot of fun. Something crazy like that. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's fun to do every now and then just to whack it out there yeah. and see what happens. I mean, a, a lot with these it's campaigns. fun to whack it out every once in a while. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And, um, I, I keep love it together, White Tech. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting late. I'm getting silly. Um, a lot of it will come down to the group, you, group you're playing with. Uh, some groups just can't cope with... It's always tournament prep. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, there's that. Some, some, some people you know, want to know when they go in... They don't want to be surprised by right. anything. They want to know, this is what I'm getting involved with. This is how you win. Some people don't care if there's a win. But some people want to play a campaign and just go, I don't want a winner and a loser. I just want a story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you have to... I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts, and I agree with the ones that you've got to sit down beforehand and work out together. You know, what are you in this for? And exactly. if, if, if you've got one... The amount of times I've seen a campaign fall apart because one guy's gone, well, yeah... I'm not interested. I'm you know, but I'm still involved win. with it. I'm out, yeah. or I, I, I'm not having fun. I'm out. This campaign, we, we all, the first two campaigns, we had 10 players in each campaign, and everyone threw in five bucks, and the winner got the pot. And uh, we decided in the third campaign, this, this campaign, especially with some new rules being added in, we didn't know how it would work. We said, okay, no, it's gone. You're, you're playing for bragging rights at this point. There will be a winner at the end of six turns. Someone will have the most points. So they obviously won, but we weren't playing for a prize. And that actually, I think, sort of the, I think the feel behind it changed when there was when the prize went away a little bit. I think for the better. You know, it's for me, it's a real, yeah, you know, it's a test of generalship and skill. It's all about you know claiming that island for that particular campaign. I right. must admit, if there was fifty dollars on last game, I'm winning. You know, I'm sitting there thinking, if I conquer this line here, <laughs> uh, and and it gets me fifty dollars. I can take some derision for a week for fifty bucks. For fifty bucks, yeah. You know, well, and that's the thing. You start off, and in the beginning of the campaign, it's all friendly. Everybody's bringing fun lists and having a good time. And then suddenly, those last couple of games where it's I got a chance to win, and suddenly everyone's bringing filth, and it suddenly is changes, a little less friendly. It changes a little bit. Yeah, yeah. the atmosphere changes yeah. around that. And not everything has to be for a prize. I mean, we're playing for bragging rights at this point. Who can who can win? And honestly. The games are getting a little more fun because people are willing to take risks because there's nothing on the right. line other than a really good time. Yep. Um, You'll start to see people saying, well, you know, I've got a Chaos Warrior here, and the really bad idea is to charge him into that unit because they're going to have him. But he would charge into that unit because yeah. he's a Chaos Warrior. <laughs> no, he's charging. Let's go. He's charging. <laughs> that's just what they do. Yeah, yeah, that's yep. it. The, the bloodlust is on him, and he's going in. And that's that's fun. And... Um, I know we've been playing, and I've, I've been. Uh, in fact, one of the one of the options that I had thrown out that I had asked you guys, and we had decided to keep it to six rounds, was: Do you want to play to fifteen points? So instead of playing a set number of rounds, when someone gets to fifteen empire points, the game's over. Yeah. And uh, we we voted against it only, and I think because a couple of people said that could take forever. And yeah. it's not because 15 yeah. points is you a lot. To, I think you have to put a finite. It was, like, it was what the one thing I wrote down on my sheet just a minute ago was the length of the campaign. Yeah. tend to find that 
problem we have with campaigns that you want to last a long time is impetus lo- people lose impetus right. you know people get distracted by things life gets in the way um, you're almost better keeping these things short and often right which allows people to come in come out as they want without upsetting the group and the that the group and, and t- it takes pressure off and that really i think i think the one thing the one hiccup we had this last campaign it never happened the first two but we did have more players in, and we lived farther apart, and we w- never had a problem the first two campaigns of getting your games in in two weeks. And because of people living so far apart, suddenly games could only happen on weekends. Right. And we needed time to get your orders in and change things up and schedule games, and suddenly they became three weeks. There was one turn. Well, that Adepticon came, but that one turn lasted over a month because we just I, I didn't even have time to, to do the orders. I mean, it was, Well, we're still one game short of and completing. And we're one game campaign. short of completing. This, <laughs> this campaign started while. in, like, January. You know, I yeah. mean, we've been playing this campaign almost all year, and we've now got a you know this last game just, and we've been waiting over a month for this game. Well, and everybody's busy. I mean, it's life is keeping this last mm. game from happening, but it's got to happen. You know, yeah. um, I really was inspired by that board on Blood in the Badlands. I, I mean, I wrote up one campaign, and I was telling Greg about it. And if you took t- like you know like a paper fan, you unfold a paper fan picture that with the narrow part at the top and that was how i had drawn up the mighty empires board mm-hmm. the chaos waste at the top so one of the empire plays at the bottom to get to that top well it was almost like a team game where your goal is to get to that top square and smash them their goal is to get to your your tiles on the bottom and smash you you had more tiles on the bottom so it was a bigger place like a castle you had to go smash the gate they had to break into your castle and as you're taking tiles, the more tiles you had, suddenly things would go on the balance. It became a total story-based uh-huh. game where things – and I was trying to work out rules for it, but it really became involved. Or it was like we'd have to get people who would commit to playing this for a long time. That, that's the issue with something that yeah, could right. go on a long time. I never was able to hammer out all the rules to a way that I was satisfied with. But I want – and that's when Blood in the Badlands came out. like, God Damn it, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. I wanted a campaign where it's a story where we're just going to keep playing Warhammer games. Well, why don't we do that? I'll throw, well, we've got to get people who are willing to do that and who are willing to say, now, with where the story's gone, bonuses and – are you willing to say, okay, you're, you guys have bonuses and these guys don't have bonuses because of where they're coming from? Well, that's from. all contingent on if you've won or lost your previous game, right? Yeah, most of it. I like, but I like that idea. Are you – but – Okay, I, I can't speak like for everybody. Idea. I like the idea, and I don't want to speak for everybody. I, well, I'm th- I keep on thinking it's not random. You earn your bonus, or you get penalized for losing. But you don't. So yeah, I that, think what that, is, is you don't know until the game's going to start or something what your bonus or your penalty is going to be, or you don't know until you're making your list, and suddenly you're like, oh, well, this penalty's going to screw me. I can't even win or something like well, that. You know, it, some it, people, it, has to, it has to be something at the, that's the right amount that's not going to break the game. It's potentially. See, that's, I mean, that's that's you're well, taking on a lot of responsibility by creating a campaign like this because it's a lot of rules that you have to fine tune. And my concern becomes: Are you guys? Can we find six are to eight players to be, who are willing to be your petri dish? Yeah. Are you willing to go <laughs> well, along with to, it to engage with the concept that right. Dave's trying to put in? There's also, to devote the time right? to find and and to are play you, the right style and to be prepared to say, "I'm going to have a game or two here where I'm up against it." Yeah. Right. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. I mean, because the things won't always be balanced, and even in the mighty empires, because we could spend gold to increase the yeah. amount of our army up to like three hundred points. No one ever played a perfectly even game. I mean, we almost sure. never had one. Some guy was you know, twenty one hundred against twenty two fifty or something like that. Right. 
are you willing to go in and and it, and it, and I'm not saying our group isn't. I'm saying I never had it hammered out enough to where I was comfortable bringing it to the group and saying, "Would you be? Would, would you find this fun?" Because we do have a huge variance between what type of a Warhammer game is fun for them. Sure. Oh, there, I think there always is. I mean, I'll play any game. Honestly, <laughs> I, I am the guy who will play any game. I don't care what your scenario is. I'll play to play. Well, the, the pressure falls on your shoulders if you're intent on creating this custom campaign to create something that a everyone will be content to experiment with. Uh-huh. And and B that you address everyone's concerns that it's fair, it's fair and fun, you yeah, know. Right. Um, so. But again, if you've got a, a a campaign where you you say right from the beginning, okay, this is not a fair campaign. It won't be completely one sided either way. This is not about which individual person wins. This is about telling a story. If you can find the people to buy into that, then you take the pressure That's the off. Key. Yeah. yeah, and that's the key is every single person from whoever's running the campaign all the way through being on the same page. And that's the same with role-playing. That's the yeah. same with whatever you're doing. If you're all in the right attitude, then things become that much easier to to uh, to, to go along with. And I think that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to find safety valves to put into the game where yeah. if it started to get a little one-sided, something would kick in. You know, if you were playing good versus evil or a bunch of guys going after something – if it started to go too much in one guy's favor, would other things kick in to at least help out? Yeah, and it's that's a, it's a big undertaking. I dude, look forward to seeing what you come up with. I have, oh, and I, dude, I am open to suggestions <laughs> too. I mean, I've it's, been rolling this stuff through my head for months. I've got a notebook full of stuff. I mean, you know, just weird things I'm trying to come up with. It's engaging, engaging the players right from the start as well. Um, exactly, getting them because you don't want to waste three weeks. <laughs> working out your perfect campaign <laughs> and then three of your players go no sorry it's rubbish <laughs> T- take it away yeah. it offends me you know because that's soul destroying for well, you and, as well and some of the fun when we played RPGs pen and pencil and paper role playing games which are a ton of fun too what oh, I yeah. loved is with our my, my group I had a really good group and they would at times try to flex their muscles and do things I didn't expect but part of the fun was I'm making up this story and telling a story, and they're a part of the world, and they're enjoying it, and they're playing in it. And I would always throw in monkey wrenches when they were doing too good. And if they were getting their butts kicked, I would bring in throw a, them a I, I would throw them a miracle. But they would always try to go and do something I didn't expect. And every once in a while, they would catch me completely off guard. They're like, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because I can. And I'm like, and I, I, actually, there's times again, I'm like, you, I'm like, and I just say to him, you realize if you do this, and I'm not, and still talking as in the game, yep. you know that all sorts of hellfire is going to rain down on you from the rest of the world in this campaign. Like, yeah. I'm ready for it. And the people in the <laughs> campaign sometimes look at him and say, uh-huh. oh, please don't do that. And he's like, sorry, that's, that's, that's my character. That's Boom. And then that rest of that game session was fun for me because I am now making up everything on the fly. Yeah. I have nothing prepared for this. Right. I make it up on the fly. They're laughing. I'm laughing. And if it goes well, we run with it. And if it didn't go well, if it started to clunk, I had a week at the end of that game session to fix the story. Yeah, absolutely. It's can I do something like that with you guys are playing your games and the story is rolling where it's fun enough and interesting enough that you're all enjoying it. That's the challenge, right? Yeah, (sighs) it is. And if if I was here and if you sat there and said, us three are going to do that, then you could do it. 
because I think Chris would buy into I'd it. I'd for it. I'd buy into it. Harrison would buy You're into it. We, he's Harrison would buy into it. Away you go. You know who would buy into this is Brad. Yeah. Brad Pascal. Brad Pascal. He no. would because no. he just wants to play big games with characters in it and have fun and doesn't sure. care about optimal. T- but once you get that one person who doesn't buy into it, it all come crashing down. Mm. And and that is the the thing you're going to struggle with doing that way. And right. that's why Badlands works and whatever works because it's got that rule set out there. It's official. And, and it's so finding those things. It's finding the balance. But it doesn't even have to be your campaign. I mean, you could have a, a Garage Hammer campaign. You three. You know, Dave, Chris. The quest for the proper tool. Yeah, we. <laughs> Who's the biggest tool of them all? Um, you, yeah, Harrison, you and, and Chris could could have a, a campaign where you do just play. Snorri's quest for the golden spanner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm feeling stupid right now. Um <laughs> And, and and you could you know you could have you could make it a a, a small campaign about you know, vampire counts the high elves the orcs mm. um, or wherever they are for a reason and you link you just link your games together and you add narrative in and you could have a garage hammer campaign even just on that and you could only have it like six or seven games long and you've made a short story yeah yeah. That's true. Yep, it doesn't, you know, these things don't always have to have. Mm-hmm. I know everyone wants everyone to be involved. It's not always possible. Yeah, that is true. I, it might Maybe, be yeah, fun start small and kind of yeah, grow absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I think, I think part of my, and what I like from Blood in the Badlands is that idea of there's this piece on the board that everyone's trying to get and it constantly yeah. moves every yeah. turn. It moves randomly itself. Mm. They're all trying to get it. Other things come up. Um, I guess I've sort of got it's a mad, 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 mad world in my head where it's like, the, you know, the, that idea of a chase. Everyone's trying to get this thing. And I, so I like that idea of the piece, the objective randomly moving. So everyone is converging in different areas. And it, yeah, and it, as it moves around and it, it sounds like not that. only moving in a random direction, but a random number of spaces. Right. And but you can't win with it landing on you. It won't let if it That's lands fine. on you. It's, just got, means it, it's got to pass through and move to the next that space. That just means that no one is truly out of it because who knows? It Absolutely, land right by and you. therefore that build up. Yeah, you want to control as much terrain, but it's not. It's not the most important thing in the right. world to have won all those turns before. You can sweep in at the end, yeah, and take and that's needed as well because some campaigns get to the point where there's no point in me playing anymore. Right. You know, I'm so out of it. Well, I just said I, I never had the game with Ryan. Yeah. With Ryan Noble because it, we didn't have the time and it didn't matter to the last game of the campaign. Absolutely, and that's because you've got a campaign where you've got the winner. Yeah. But right. if you have a campaign where you don't have a winner, you know. Yeah. That that opens up possibilities again, under the right players. That's true. I like the idea. One of the ideas I was throwing on was you know giving experience yes. to your units. And I'm not the first person to think of this or to do it, but it was um, once a unit gets experience, they have to stay in your list because they're veterans. They're going to war. They're old campaigners. So that unit stays in the list. So even if you play a, a different uh, – someone else, uh, you're competing against a different army where that might not be the optimum choice – they're veterans. They've got experience. They've got bonuses. They're in the list. But don't you think after a while, if all if certain if all of your units have gained experience to some extent, you you no longer have control. You, if you have to take all of these, well, you, okay, you limit you take how control many, what you're taking. <laughs> you, 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 well, yes, but they're all experienced. Okay, the, this is my army. Well, part of it is you have to limit. A, you have to limit um, 
how much experience. It, it's, it's not something that happens quick. The unit obviously has to survive the game. And, okay, you have a unit of uh, sword masters. And they they become veterans. They get an experience point. Once they get two or three, they can buy a special ability. So, well, ah, I'm, just, okay. I'm throwing this out randomly. Right. In the next game, if that unit gets wiped out, bye bye. It they doesn't. Then that unit doesn't exist anymore. There is no veteran unit with that Start experience. All over. So that unit is gone. So suddenly it becomes you've got this unit, and it's like okay, I have to take them. I better use them well because I. So you might only have one unit in your game that's built up and that's become this kind of a powerhouse for you but then all the other opponents are like they're building stuff in okay and suddenly they have a reputation and the story yeah. goes you're you know suddenly you've got this guy and they've got two different experience bonuses and you go to play against christopher and christopher is sitting there looking at, at, at his game going i need something that can take that unit out right because a it'll crush me and b if i can take it out Nobody has to deal with it, and now I'm slowing him down from from getting to the objective. I mean, it may work, it may not. But yeah, I mean, a, in, in the in the right in the right setting, it's gonna it's gonna work with yeah. the right players. Things like, um, you know, if you've got uh, a campaign where you allow um, uh, characters have to be almost pre-selected, like you can you've got a lord and a mage and and. And, and, and your heroes, um, but if they die, you're rolling on the injury tables, things like that. And that, that <laughs> okay. character's there. That you named your your character. You know, Badonkadong's there. Mm-hmm. Um, he he got novelled in one game. Uh, he's lost, you know, a point of weapon skill because he's got oh, three fingers see. chopped off his hand. <laughs> yeah, you can't just bring a new lord in. Because it's Badongabong's wah. Wow. You yeah, could bring in you could bring in the level four shaman who's not been hurt, but then you're not using the character the character you want. Yeah, you know, yeah. you could have your things like that. And again, they need to be they need to be balanced to not ruin the character, but but brought in to add some flavour to it. And and again, to add that story element of you know, you know that um, that tomb king chopped three fingers off my orc warlord's fingers. He's not happy. Down one, well, yeah. He's, I like that. He's coming back for him. And you could even throw, yeah. And you and you can make it as random as you want. It might not even have to be a stat change. No, it could you be, could it get could be a, a rule in there that he, you know, I've gained. He's gained him and his him and any unit he's in has gained hatred against that army. You know, so the Tomb King guy killed your Badonkadonk. Yeah, he's gained hatred against. If you look at um, that army or that Tomb unit. Kings because M- Maris Leitdorf's. Mad table. I don't know if you've looked <laughs> yeah, at oh, yeah. the mad table. The one in there about, um, you know, he can't handle people hurling insults at him. <laughs> so he just, just has to charge them. Or one of these is like, yeah. they're hurling insults at me. I can't stand for that. And he goes, charge it. You could have something like that, you know, complete and utter pride. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, weird things that don't necessarily affect your stats or anything like that, but make it for suddenly this guy's got either uh, a, a psychological flaw or a bonus. Or if a bonus, you're the guy absolutely. who. If you if you kill a general, if your general kills another general, yeah, your inspiring presence could go up. Yeah, by he an rolls inch on the, or two. Right. Yeah, he yeah. 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 rolls on the Something bonus like chart because of faint. This, oh god, we got to I got to figure this out. Lots, there's lots of little things you can do that which don't necessarily change a game, mm. but add that extra element. I like it, and th- I think part of I I still think that, and it's the one thing I don't quite have is if you're going to do it in a as a narrative. Yeah, campaign. You have to have that 
there has to be something that's happening. You have to have the the, the hook that yes puts it all device. together. Yeah, that's and honestly, cool. at this point, I'm getting to the point where I think I might just steal from Blood in the Badlands and have uh, a piece. At the end of the around. day, every every campaign I've ever seen of that kind has something to fight over to right. bring everyone together. You had Albion, which rose up out of the sea, and everyone landed there. You got Blood in the Badlands. You had other places where you know. They've all been attracted to that fallen whatever, and they've all gone to find out what's going on. There's always some, and it can be really corny. Doesn't really matter. Could be warp stone. Could right. be could be portals. <laughs> yeah, portals. <laughs> Just portals. Um, <laughs> and the other thing is, uh, on that especially, you can have the the tile set up, and um, when you move into a territory, because everyone's trying to get more land. Especially if you're chasing something, you want to have a land, want it to be in your territory to give you bonuses. You can have random things in, you know, I moved into this territory. Okay, it's a, it, it, you know, the, the tile is actually looks like a forest or the yeah. tile looks like a mountain. You have a set of little things. Oh, yes, this is a mountain and this is a normal mountain Ooh. or maybe trolls live in this mountain. So you got to uh, worry about this or you get bonuses or penalties. I mean, have for you your... got the Lustria book? Did you ever buy the Lustria book that was out? The campaign lustrier thing between the uh, Lizardmen and the Skaven. Oh no! Right, I, no. Okay. No. Well, that, you probably find that cheap on eBay somewhere. But that's got rules for jungle terrain. Okay. Things like quicksand. Things like carnivorous plants. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, you, you you don't want dwarves walking through quicksand. Sure. It's a bad thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've got you've got all these short, slow, with that heavy came armor. On with all those kind of things involved. Yeah. You could have um, you could have a a lair, a troll lair tile. And when you go there, there are a random trolls, and they will attack the nearest thing. Nice. You know. You put them on the board. Yeah, they you go put them on the board. And they just get them in the board. way, bubbling yeah, about. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and if you've, yeah, you've got the right crowd, you can do these things. And, and yeah, they're, every now and then, someone's going to be on the rough end of, all the trolls are around my way. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that's the way you've got to accept it and you've got to hold your that's, hands That's up. the toughest sell, though, I think, is uh, getting everyone to agree to your point, yeah. Greg. It's, that'll be the biggest hurdle. Yeah, and you know you're, everyone knows their own gaming group better than anyone. You know how much yeah. you can sell and how much you can't. But getting them involved at the right at the start, you can say, look, guys, this is my idea is to do this. What do you reckon? Right. And work with people rather than <laughs> you see people turn up and go, I've got a campaign. This is how it's going to run. It. And everyone's like, brilliant. You're going to be playing by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah. It was Christopher and I must have talked for dozens of hours just trying to figure out if we're going to have something like bribery or the preemptive strike or the different things we were writing into the game. Mm. Well, what's going to balance it? We have, I think, 12 uh, random events. All right, th- yeah. This only has eight, and one of them is Elite Army, which is not in our list anymore. Uh, in any battles you fight in this round, you may take as many special and or rare units as you like. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, holy crap. Could you picture that? You got 25%. Awesome. 25% core is the rules. And obviously, when this was written, yeah. they weren't going by percentages. They were going by unit. But you're still limited to three specials and two rares. That would, but I could see why that came out. How many giants do you own? <laughs> right now, only two. Well, here, but all the war machines you can feel. Well, oh, now yeah. you're limited by percentages too. I can't take two terrorgeists and my black coach and two vargulfs yeah. and some blood knights because I can't. It's, the points don't work. Something like, but that could that that's that's broken. 
that's that would, that, that's uh, that's a little know, too much there. Yeah, no. it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> but I just, like I said, I mean, and I think this is this is great. Um, I mean, we should probably start wrapping yeah. it up. The show's going long, but I mean, uh, there's so much fun you can do, yeah. and I'm just hoping that people want to. I'm trying to sell this to our I group. I think the very least you, people want to try is every game of Warhammer you play, you can write it up as a story. Yes. You know, it doesn't have to be a silly game of Warhammer. You can just have, you can have the constant struggle between, you know, your dwarfs and their empire as written down as, you know, they met on the field of battle again. And this time, you know, he came with his iron breakers. Yeah. <laughs> Things like that, you know, don't laugh at iron breakers. No, I always <laughs> laugh at dwarves. Fair play. <laughs> um, and, and, you can, and you can write Bunch a story. Of haters. You can write a story around a game without having to play a special game. And, just, and, and you know, now that you mentioned that, I, I would have never thought of it six years ago, but when Christopher and I were just playing Dwarves versus Dark Elves every game, because that's the only armies that we each had, we could have really written up some fun stories <laughs> off of that. Mm. It's just that, at that, you know, it's not quite the War of the Beard, although I mean, the War of the Beard was engineered by the Dark Elves, so you could sure. see that it's, happening. It's always fun. To, we laugh a little bit about, oh, you know, people naming their characters and writing backstory for their characters. Actually, it's quite fun. If you've got a detail, if you can talk about, oh, yeah, no, I've used um, Lord General blah, blah, blah for 10 years and his exploits have, yeah. have done this and that and that. It's, it's quite fun. The record book of his. And, yeah. and that's the yeah. thing. You get these two attitudes. But I know I actually posted it um, on the, the blog on our website. I think you read it. I think you might have commented on it. When we went to um, Core Comp, we all had to have a backstory written for you. They want you to write yeah. a backstory for your army, and there I was this one character, and he was in a wood. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the woods, and he, there was some skaven, and he was mad. So he bought two hell cannons and went yeah. after him. Sorted, but no, I had this, the uh, the army of Grimgaze uh, Grimgaze Fellhammer, yeah, and, and who hated the gunpowder. He hated all yeah. and war machines, and I wrote why there was none of that in my army. You know, at uh, Blood in the Sun, I think one of the reasons that. Greg Person got player's choice was not only was his army beautifully painted but he had in a frame a beautifully drawn picture of his female vampire general Mm -hmm. on a map of the land that she owned and where her stuff was and a whole page backstory of her stuff and it was well thought out and well written stage not just the army but the the fiction and And it it fit with the units and the uh, um, you know the way he had the conversions he had done it was a total package and that's there's there's just so much more that we can do with this game than rack them up 2400 across the table sure. from each other and, t- and there's nothing wrong with that no absolutely I there's mean, nothing don't get me wrong, wrong with that 90% of my games are like that right. and ours are too <laughs> yeah, but here. it's just every time I pick up a white dwarf and they're yeah. I mean and this is the first thing that got me thinking it might be cool and why I still like white dwarf is when you read the battle reports it's narrative yeah they oh, yeah. make it into a yeah. really exciting story over yeah. what happened here, there, and they, and they and you're reading. That, I'm like, oh, this could be fun, and they've got that exciting, compelling story. And it's when Eighth Edition came out, and it was that sort of cinematic, you know, the roll of a dice, big explosions, big things can happen. Uh, scenarios. I mean, Watchtower is built to tell a story. Oh, yeah. The amount of times I played Watchtower oh, yeah. and my units getting 
battered in there. And it's like, oh, come on, hold on. Hold on just a <laughs> little bit longer. Just a little bit longer. I'm trying to get a unit over there to save the yeah, day. Yeah. And it is. It's it's so dramatic. But, so. I mean, I, I think I moved away from... I, I Well, no. I play Necromunda. And I play Blood Bowl. And I get a little bit of my storytelling arc from that. But I keep meaning to actually... Let's sort out some Warhammer as well. Right. So I'm going to grab the guys at the club and say, look, we've, we've talked about it, but let's get our asses in here. And, and, nice. and I think part of that is it, it's what's lacking in some of the other game systems and games is you said, especially, and I, don't get me wrong, I love the hell out of some Malifaux. Oh, and you can amazing. play your game, and you and I suppose you could write a narrative story, but because it's that skirmish base, because it's just a few models, it's not... You can't own Perdita or Lady Justice, or if you're playing Privateer Press, you can't own Madrak. They are the company's characters. They are not your characters. You, you, I, I can't feel ever as invested in my general when I haven't made it. You know? uh, yeah, and that's and that's, that's part, a good point. And that's part of it is if I'm going to write a story and everyone's going to pick their guys and run through a story. If they're pre-made characters that have a background written by... Story's it, already been made. Yeah, it's like if all of our generals had to be... Special characters. Special characters. Yeah. And you had to keep special characters and play them like special characters, that it, it that some of that narrative gets a little taken away. And um, it, it, you can do it, but it's a little less fun than if I wrote yeah. that guy up and made him myself right. and he's my own. And uh, that's, that's... Oh, he's you. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's, I, it. I, that's yeah. it. He's you on the battlefield. That little dwarf with the two other dwarfs straining really hard to hold him on a shield. No, I won't do that. <laughs> you know that that guy's me. You know that that guy's me. Singing a song of battle, waving an axe, and challenging you to come knock me off my shield. Hells yes, that's me. <laughs> of course, then a stray arrow hits me in the neck and I fall off and the game's over. Hells yes, that's me too. <laughs> but, uh, okay, you know what? Let's let's break and come back and uh, I we wrap the show up. I did have one last thing I wanted to mention before we wrap up the show, but let's take a break and come back and, and do this. You've heard him on the show. You've seen his work on our website. He's Brian Steele, owner of Urza's Den. That's right, folks, Urza'sDen.com. Custom modeling, sculpting, and painting. You got a model you don't want to paint? Send it to Brian. You got an army you don't want to paint? Send it to Brian. You can't come up with an idea for a conversion? Give his ideas a try. Heck, you got an army list with models they don't even make? Brian's the man. Give him a call. Check him out at Urza'sDen.com. You won't be sorry. Okay, we're back. And um, before we get on with wrapping up the show, I got an email from Alex Gisborne. I hope I pronounced that right. From uh, he's from he's from England, and um, he asked me if I could just announce this uh, to people. Um, and I'm just going to kind of read it as as he wrote it. Okay, um, my best friend James McLaren was killed in an RTA on Monday. He was a massive fan of your podcast, and could you mention this or dedicate something to him? And I, I am gonna, I'm gonna dedicate this episode to James, and um, I, I'm just gonna read what I think. There's not much more for me to say than exactly what Alex said. Twenty-two years ago, I met him at school and introduced him to Games Workshop. As all kids do, 
We started on 40K, but quickly picked up Fantasy 2. When we left school, he stopped gaming until about four years ago, when he got back into it. I'd always continued playing, and it was with great pleasure that I brought him back into the fold. However, he quickly surpassed me in enthusiasm and effort in the game, and was a regular listener to your podcast, and constantly debating rules and army tweaks with me and some of our other gaming friends. He had a stonkin' Warriors of Chaos army. He is greatly missed, and I think a quick mention to him would be appreciated by his brother, who, due to myself and James, has also come back into the fold and is building himself an ogre army. I understand it may not fit in with the general shows, and that's totally fine, but I just thought it was worth asking. Yours sincerely, Alex Gisborne. So, and I remember seeing his brother Joe is on Twitter, and uh, I follow him, and, and uh, we, we'd follow each other, and he had posted, and there was some stuff up, and there was a thread. It was either on Facebook or on Twitter that he went to pronounce it. It was one of being like almost 100 pages of people. Wow. It, it, you, you hate to see you know something like this had and the traffic i believe that the rta is i mean it's a uh, it was a uh, it was it said on m84 m48 or m48 said, yeah yeah so in a car accident taken and i think he was only like i think he was like 30 i mean it's just it's a damn shame but he you know if if you are listening and you know him from your gaming group our condolences from the show out there Absolutely. And uh, apparently he was really, really big into this, into the whole thing. And it's, you know, w- you know, we lost a good one. And I uh, just a little moment of silence for him, I guess. Okay. And um, on that, I just uh, want to, we'll get back to it. Um, first of all, I think that was, that was a good show, guys. And uh, yeah, Greg, fun. thank you so much for... For coming on, thank you for letting me sleep thank in your you house. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite all right, uh, you know. It's it's what I do. I let Cranky stay here. If I let Cranky stay here, why wouldn't I let you stay here? Oh, oh yeah, fat boy. <laughs> I haven't insulted enough people today, <laughs> but um, you know, folks, thanks for listening. And I I hope honestly, I mean, I'm really inspired after just talking with you guys to really try and get something narrative going. And I know you're willing, and I know Harrison's willing. Well, I would willing. say just take small steps and see small how the group steps. adjusts <laughs> Absolutely, it. Yeah. See what we can do. But i got to bust out and finish painting up that Mighty Empires board now, just the tiles to get something that <laughs> looks looks nice. I think we're going to close it up here. Okay. So, folks, thank you for listening. We'll be back in a few weeks with uh, episode 56. Cool. We did get a great iTunes review from Barefoot Adam. Um, thank you for your really kind words. You gave us a really nice review. Huh. Uh, it was like August 4th. We can always use more folks, an iTunes review. We can always write us an iTunes review, buy a hoodie. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two things. Huh? Yeah. Be a tool, buy a hoodie. Be a tool. <laughs> yeah. Be a part of the garage community. Be a tool. That's fantastic. Get into the garage and have a toolbox. There you go. Oh, God. we got to come up with something clever that works for that. It's just, it's just so bizarre. But that'll work, and um, thanks again, and we will see you all in just a few weeks. Take care.